0: Wrestling keeps the <laughs>
1: another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews and previews for shows to come. Uh, we have a nice, fun show for you. want to start off by apologizing, um, apologizing, I guess, on behalf of uh, fucking Skype. Uh, we had some issues that happened uh, with Skype last week. And uh, our our draft or re-edit of the roster for AEW uh, did not make it. Uh, It screwed up in the recording. So that's why it kind of just ended after our reviews for the shows. So what are we going to do this week? We're going to talk a little bit about Mandy Rose. We're going to talk a little bit about Wrestle Kingdom. Go over the highlights for AEW and WWE. And then get to us cutting down this roster that has now added probably about, I think, three more people since then. So uh you know, get ready for a fun show. Chris, I couldn't do this show without you, like I always say. What are you doing? Are you picking your nose right now? Race for the
0: sky, boy.
1: <laughs> Sorry, it felt
0: it felt <laughs> needed. It felt needed. Uh man, I'm super excited. Me and you are gonna go see a
1: show soon. We're gonna go see we're
0: gonna go see Pantera live. Think about that. Well
1: twenty twenty two Pantera. Pan- Pantera kind of like live is now like going to see Skinner live, because uh, there's like what one two original members in there, so that's good. But I'll still have fun dancing uh, around a walk. I mean, uh, we get,
0: we get Rex and Phil together though, you know, bass. Yeah, uh, yeah. drummer has been absolutely killing it. I can think of his name, so I apologize. In fucking uh, Zach, Zach Wild, Zach Wild's just always incredible. Uh, fucking deft. The the, the first that lineup that is just literally Incubus deftones tool in a row that's fucking that's just insane that should not be allowed oh, yeah. to be a, a goddamn lineup for a festival and
1: <laughs> two bands i've always wanted to see and that's as part of the same day on the last day of this which what's the name of the festival again rockville or something i don't know it's in it's at daytona daytona Nash, international speedway so it's at which my parents have a condo down there and we're gonna definitely hang out with them and they smoke a lot of weed so that should be fun Hell, um I,
0: I like that i get to meet your parents for the first time i feel like they've probably heard a lot about me but have never met me
1: i know i've heard a lot about them so it should be <laughs> a
0: really fun
1: introduction uh hell yeah man uh, uh all right so let me just go over this this will be one of our talking points because i haven't really watched too many different things on television just doing the same thing so this is pretty fucking awesome so the first day which i think is on a thursday uh, the the headliners are Slipknot, Rob Zombie, Queens of Stone Age. Some of the bands on it are Trivium, Pucifier, so Maynard's other band, uh, Bullet For My Valentine. I mean, if you look at it, it's Suicidal Tendencies, uh, just Cheve, uh, no, no, Chevelle's The Next Night, but like a bunch of other bands. And then we go Avenged Sevenfold, Everessence. Uh That one's maybe a little bit less when, when I'm looking at the bands Wait, From Mom to Ashes? No, From Ashes to New. Never heard of them. Uh, so that's kind of like the light night. Then then it's Saturday night, Pantera, Godsmack, uh, Alice Cooper, Chevelle, Alter Bridge, Jason's Bottoms, Led Zeppelin Evening. Whenever he does those, it's a bunch of Zeppelin songs. He's John's son. He always has a bunch of awesome musicians up there with him. And then, yeah, like we said, Tool, Deftones, Incubus, Mars Volta, Coed Cambria, Pennywise. i mean what the fuck for an ending for this ridiculous i mean this is the 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 closest i've seen to a good festival at least for me because i'm a little bit older and the younger ones it's like i don't know half the fucking bands i get to like a band that's called like get the fuck out of my pool and i'm like is that like a is that dj or is it like a i don't even know you know but this it's 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 like shaky knees like it's it's a bunch of bands i like and I have a place to stay in Daytona. So yeah, we're going to take advantage of that and have a great time. Hum diddly of a due time. Like I usually say, Chris. Yeah. I I took the time to shit
0: on shaky knees with their fucking lineup this year. Uh, After seeing that lineup, I was like, fucking why, you know, this shaky knees at shaky. Knees?" Mm. (laughs) So, uh, shaky knees used to have really good lineups, man. Um, they're, it's a little different because they try to, they try to do a broader type deal, but I would be completely fine if shaky knees was like, even if they yeah, were, remember like, when uh, all pop or what? all rap or whatever, you know, like it just pick one and then get a bunch of good acts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Remember when uh Bonnaroo and uh, Coachella used to have really good lineups. And now it's, I don't fucking know um, who, who could be Harry Styles could be the biggest act they got. And I like Harry Styles, but not enough to be like when I went to Bonnaroo back my day, I saw Paul McCartney. I saw fucking David Byrne and St. Vincent do a tribute to the Talking Heads. I saw fucking Kendrick Lamar. I saw the RZA, the Jizza, the Ghostface Killer, fucking Wu-Tang Clan. Um, I even went through R. Kelly pretty fucked up on drugs while Ignition was playing, even though obviously he's a piece of shit. But I'm just saying, I saw Bjork. I, I saw Tom Petty before he passed away. And now I just, I haven't seen a festival that made me this excited besides the We Were Young tour, which now they're like, oh, we should do that next year, multiple days. Yeah, no shit. What the hell's the point of seeing like 20 minutes of every act of a band that you want to see all day? Like, that's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about this, man. I'm, uh, I-, I love metal. And it's got a lot of different music, but it's mostly like some hard rock bands I'd love to see. So if I get a chance to see them, I'm, uh, I'm excited, Chris.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to get just super hyped when Alter Bridge plays <laughs> Edge's Steam song. That's gonna be the biggest one for me.
1: Honesty, <laughs> <just stay>.
0: uh, <laughs> no, Alter. I'll, Inside, I'll that's gonna be a fuck. That's an amazing lineup, and the tickets are like three hundred bucks. So, for four days, are you kidding me? Like, if we, if you go back and look at like, and I love Taylor Swift, so this is not a shot at Taylor Swift, but like, um her no, fuck that she overprices
1: her goddamn tickets her tickets
0: are like eight hundred dollars for one night it's like last time i went to see tool i think it was like 150 dollars uh so it's well, a lot of that together like that deftones uh deftones gojira show i went to that was like a hundred bucks just for those two and now you're gonna to get to see incubus deftones and tool on the same fucking night like right after one of each other that like it's pretty goddamn good um yeah, absolutely. I, I had to make the decision because I really wanted to go, not to be that guy, but like Metallica Pantera, that seems pretty fucking awesome, right? So they're doing those shows, but those tickets are like 500 bucks.
1: Yeah, and I've already seen Metallica twice, I'll say, more towards their prime, I, I would say, than now. Like, Even though I love Metallica, I love to see them live. And I love, uh, you know, as much, I'm a, I'm a big Jason fan, I know that, and Cliff's amazing too. And rob's fucking awesome but it was just cool to see that lineup um twice once at the wasn't the omni it was definitely i don't know i saw them there and i saw them at hi-fi buys so yeah Late see, 90s i've only seen metallica once which was
0: 2003 summer sanitarium tour which is the first time i saw deftones and made me a, like a fan for life but the lineup was super weird it was like mud vein deftones Limp
1: uh <laughs> dude that's close <laughs> to mine because i saw it was power man 5000 system of a down uh they played a lot of toxicity they were about to come out with that album um so that was the first time i ever heard that was there kid rock corn and then metallica summer sanitarium tour 1999 yeah. woo it's a lot of boobies
0: yeah that was it uh when i saw it it was a turner field which uh is not was not rest in peace turner field that no longer exists but it's basically where the atlanta braves for people that are not in georgia where the atlanta braves used to play so it's an outdoor baseball stadium and i don't know that i've ever like been to something where there's that many people (laughs) like it's ridiculous so i get why metallica has to charge as much for it. same thing with taylor swift i get it you have to charge as much for tickets just because it's like a very high goddamn demand
1: um well and and people got to realize a lot of times has nothing to do with the artist that's just how much the uh the record label and or the you know a mixture of the record label and also the venue itself charging because they know they can make that type of money so uh musicians usually make most of their money off of getting paid for the tour and then selling the merchandise throughout it so a lot of people don't realize that and say what you want about them kid rock's been bitching about the pricing of of tickets and how ridiculous it's getting for a long time um shit i remember when i was younger people were paying like 200 300 dollars to go see jimmy buffett for christ's sakes so yeah
0: it's 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 gotten aggressively worse since we were kids because you're not selling any kind of like physical media anymore like you're not going to be able to like no one's buying your cds essentially no it's your shirts
1: basically that's it yeah
0: You're getting less and less each time. So I understand why ticket prices cost more. Um, I will give a shout-out to Taylor Swift for being like, fuck Ticketmaster. That was pretty great.
1: (laughs) Hey, Blink-182 had to say the same thing. Like, guys, you know, basically I wish there was something that we can do, but it's, it's just how fucking business works, unfortunately. But,
0: yeah yeah i I feel like this is this would happen if like the rock came back to wrestling for six months it's going to happen in wwe all the tickets will get bought up by scalpers and bullshit um yep and and he will come out and be like i'm the people you know he'll cut he'll cut a fucking promo call scalpers like you know uh with candy asses (laughs) there you go candy candy
1: asses jabronis
0: um but no, nah, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, it sucks, though, because, my, you know, my nieces, they really wanted to go to that show, even though it was going to be expensive. My, my aunt was going to buy them, but she was stacked in that uh, weird pre-sell thing that Taylor Swift had. So there's like three levels of the pre-sell before just general people could buy the tickets. And they were gone by like the second round of that. And uh, Taylor Swift went back and added a date to every fucking city. Uh, to try to help but it's like holy shit like imagine being that over <laughs> like roman reigns thinks he's over he's not taylor swift over basically you know what i mean like no that's it's insane um you brought up paul mccartney that is one of my favorite live shows if anyone ever gets a chance to oh. do one of piedmont piedmont live shows he's uh,
1: incredible man I, i've never seen someone and when i saw him he was like 75 in <laughs> so much energy running around changing instruments telling stories, you know, at one time he smelt a lot of uh, marijuana. He's like, I smell that, it's good stuff. You know, just <laughs> fucking being Paul McCartney, telling stories about Jimi Hendrix being out of his mind on drugs, playing uh, Sergeant Pepper uh, right after it was released, basically like a day before, like they learned it, played it at Albert Hall. Paul's in the audience. He's like, what the fuck, Jimmy? Like, <laughs> he untunes his guitar because it's like the old school ones and has no idea how to get it. He can't see Paul because he's ducking his head and he's screaming for Eric Clapton to come on stage because he was obviously, uh, I'm assuming, on some type of hallucinogen. And uh, no one came to his uh, his aid, apparently. but So now he does a tribute to Jimmy by doing a guitar solo and playing a little bit of Foxy Lady. So that, that's 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 Paul McCartney, man. He's one of the best musicians I've ever seen live, man. I saw Paul McCartney back-to-back with Wu-Tang Clan. oh I, I say
0: that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Paul, Paul was fucking great when I saw him live. Like one of the best entertainers I've ever seen live.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um the, he did he oh. he did a song by every member of the Beatles while telling stories <laughs> about each
1: one. Yeah, and now he's uh doing that that uh which song is it? It's uh from Let It Be Uh In Deep Inside. Oh yeah. He's been doing that song. I forgot what the the, the title of it. it. Might be I got a feel of it. But uh, he does all of his parts and then the screen comes on with John playing on the rooftop from all those documented videos and shit and singing back and forth with them. So that's really, I don't know, Paul's just an excellent entertainer, like you said. And he just seems like a really good dude, which is hard to find uh, Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, I, his field. So I didn't grow up listening to the Beatles, uh, much like I didn't grow
0: up watching WWF. Just if you're from the South, that's not necessarily a thing that is in in embedded in you um but Mm -hmm. my wife was a huge beatles fan so i burnt every one of the fucking beatles albums back in the day with live was it live wire (laughs) lime wire bro (laughs) there you go (laughs) i downloaded that discography and uh let me tell you about this discography uh especially if you're gonna burn the entire discography for a girl which could happen in in, in your listeners lives at some point it, hopefully you'll we'll just do it on mp3s but they have like a mono and stereo ver- stereo version of every album <laughs> as well as like foreign language versions and they're all slightly different so if you ever go down that path be prepared to spend i don't know two or three days just burning beetle cds but uh <laughs> when i when i saw paul by far the fa- my favorite thing he did was uh eleanor rigby when like seeing that live was fucking incredible
1: yeah, man. uh God, just I don't know. There's something about him. He's like a uh, unicorn, special. But, he's, uh, he's gonna yeah, st- definitely. I heard he's gonna start a band with Sting. <laughs> well, you know, Stop. we're just gonna all be bass guitarists to play everything. You know, it's gonna be called bass. It's gonna be great.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I'm yeah. just gonna ask him how many of them it takes to put in a light bulb, <laughs> and then he's gonna be like, "What?" I'm like, "No one cares." No I just want to know,
1: the, the crazy thing about the Beatles, to kind of move on, um, just how many hit albums they put out in such a short amount of time, you know, sometimes two in a year, like, I don't think anyone's fucking done that, you know, since then. And not only that, making really good music. And yes, their later stuff, I think was more inspired by themselves, as opposed to, you know, working to have songs that are pop hits uh, for a label. Uh, back when Epstein was their manager before they took over themselves, but just a very creative anomaly. And uh, I also saw, saw someone, um, Chris, talking about, and I could put, I've been saying this for a long time. The difference between the two leaders, if you will, Paul and John, of their Christmas songs really resemble their personalities. Because you go to Paul McCartney, and he's simply having a wonderful Christmas time. John <laughs> starts out the first sentence is, so this is Christmas, and what <laughs> have you done? It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, is that, like, condescending? Like, My God, man.
0: Yeah, uh, we should do this real quick, since we're, I guess we're about to do the Christmas episode. I don't think we'll get another one out before Christmas, but um, what what so, is your favorite Christmas song, sir, if you had to pick one?
1: My God. Uh... This is actually really fucking hard, man. Um, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is definitely up there. Uh, But Silver Bells from Bing Crosby specifically. Beautiful fucking song. Um, Yeah, I I mean, there's a million from Frank Sinatra, but I can't really think of uh, which ones uh, come off the top of my head. Holly Jolly Christmas. That's always a good one. Yeah, if if I was thinking
0: about just like traditional songs, that'd be like anything Brian Setzer's Orchestra did when they were doing those Christmas <laughs> tours. Would probably that would they would make the list, but just like I guess non-traditional Christmas song for me is uh Christmas Cards from a Hooker in Minneapolis by Tom Waits. Fucking great. Oh,
1: okay. We're going to like something like that. Okay. Um uh, what's 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 the Tom Petty one? I love that fucking song. Uh Christmas Time Again Yeah. So it's Christmas time again. (laughs) Love Tom. Sounds. It's so weird how like like my buddy Boris, my guitarist, always says like, I love all those guys, but they all were friends, and they all sounded like fucking Muppets, you know. Between (laughs) John and George and 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 Tom Petty and Bob Dylan, and I mean half of them were in the fucking Traveling Wilburys, you know. They just they have a weird uh style of voice, I guess you could say. They sound like Muppets.
0: I was listening to a live performance of Tom Waits from Fillmore yesterday from 1997, and he does a cover of Knocking on Heaven's Door, and you can tell that who his influences are, because he, he specifically just sounds
1: like Bob Dylan on purpose in multiple parts. <laughs> like, it's hard not to do that type of shit, though, if you're doing a Dylan song. Like, I've done, um, what is it, uh, Brainy Day Woman number 14, and I can't remember the two numbers. But I've stony when you're walking down the street. What the (laughs) fuck is a street, Bob? What can you explain me? What is with your accent? You were from the fucking Midwest. You moved to New York City, and we have no idea what the hell you're saying half the goddamn time. But I love you. One of the best lyricists of. I still I think he's got the record for the most songs still, which is fucking incredible. He's writing one right now.
0: Bob Dylan's so goddamn good that other people put his song out. 30 years and it's like one of the biggest bangers of all time
1: <laughs> some of the it's... biggest hits man in the 60s all along the watchtower from Jimi hendrix uh i mean he kind of he didn't write um what's the song the animals did house of the rising sun but he kind of popularized it during his time so a lot of them the birds did uh um say hey, mr tambourine man yeah yeah a lot of fucking covers from dylan songs in the 60s late 60s it's crazy it, yeah, one of the only the only Dylan song I think I've ever covered uh
0: back in the day when I was playing out quite a bit was Don't Think Twice, but I played it more bluegrassy, uh like more upbeat, faster. Uh, but fuck Bob Dylan. There's a lot of goddamn
1: lyrics in that song. You are you're you're giving yourself a hard time if you're a vocalist doing a Bob Dylan song. Dude, I know. Or or Subterranean I've done subterranean homesick blues, and that's basically a rap song. Like Dylan was kind of a rapper. Like uh what is it? Uh Molly's in the basement working on the medicine. I'm on the pavement looking at the government, like, you know, just nonstop. Like, <laughs> <you> know. <laughs> I love Bob Dylan. It sounds like I'm ripping on him, but it's kind of hard not to mention how unique his voice. It's like Tom Waits and Lou Reed. You know, you just got guys that are just different.
0: Um and, and that's yeah that's always the opening when i talk about tom waits to someone that maybe had not heard have heard him before i'm like yeah, it might not be your thing just gonna give you a heads up but he's awesome yeah
1: it's like acoustic metal almost with this fucking growly voice if you will Throw, thrown in there with some B like little traits and rock traits every so often if you will yeah yeah he's, he's kind of a weird
0: musician too where depending on what you're listening to by tom waits it's completely different um because like when you get into like have, like Rain Dogs and and some of the some of his eighty like eighties early nineties stuff, uh, it gets more industrial kind of like nine inch nails signing sounding shit, and you're like, whoa, that's a hard
1: left turn from Blue Valentine. Yeah, no shit, man. That's a good point. Oh, all right. Well, uh, do you want to talk about wrestling now? Should we do that?
0: I mean, we can if we have to. No, I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs>
1: Well, we're here. Let's talk about pretty much the only news item that happened this last week. Um, Mandy Rose got released, and I didn't see us coming. I mean, she's had the, the NXT Women's Championship for over a year. I think it was 400 and something days total, and she dropped it to Roxy, but I just thought that was the end of a long reign and giving it to someone, building up Roxy, who's one of the new big females there. Uh, formerly from Reality of Wrestling, also the first inaugural Ring of Honor Women's Champion, uh, one of Booker T's students. But uh, I thought that was it. That's that's where that's all it was. Come to find out, what happened was someone brought uh, to attention that Mandy had a subscription-based website called FanTime. FanTime, if you don't know, is very similar to OnlyFans. If especially if we're we're pretending that we don't know what OnlyFans is. Uh, They're a website that's very much like a personal Instagram in which, you know, based on how far a female wants to go, you know, posing sexy to posing nude potentially to whatever, they charge a subscription rate per month and also will give deals for other videos and whatnot that they decided to distribute, and she had one on not the main one, which was smart of her. She was doing it on fan time, so it stayed under the radar for a while until someone revealed, uh, I think, a video and some of the photos from it, which, honestly, is a shitty thing to do. But at the same time, technically with the same type of level of now because WWE wants revenue for you know their performers going out and making Twitch um, and I know that Triple H has eased up a lot compared to Vince about that. Then you throw on the top, you know, the 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 fact that now they're trying to be more wholesome, which is stupid to me personally because they had a relationship with Playboy that went from the Attitude Era into the fucking PG era with some of the women that were wrestling then too. But you know, this is the fact that maybe she was secretive about it. Uh, I don't know. I I I. I I get, I understand the business side of it. I also think it's very silly. And to tell someone you got to do this or this. And she's like, all right, well then fire me because I make more money with this platform doing this than I do, you know, taking bumps and fucking working in the ring every week pretty much. Um, So even though I'm not the biggest fan of Mandy Rose uh, in the ring, I think that she definitely shown more potential at least this last year than she has at all in her career. Uh, being the nXt women's champion um i I, I still think this is kind of stupid. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know why they don't actually have an active relationship with playboy. I know that she's not the only one who wished that she could do that um, and maybe that's because of where playboy is now because it's pretty much obsolete but uh yeah, its just uh it's it's crazy that men that <laughs> were way more promiscuous or or did stuff that was such a edgy level uh, are now in control and then fire someone for her having their own content off an adult website that you have to pay for. So it's not supposed to be out there. It got leaked. Um, But at the same time, I can I can see why they would have that type of reaction. But yeah, Monday, if you wake up, you're like, oh, shit, Mandy Rose got like got fired. And then maybe use Google to find out and research. I don't know. I, I didn't do that. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, Chris, what do you think?
0: Well, I, I guess I have to talk about my initial reaction when you sent me that she had gotten fired, which was, oh, they finally gave up? <laughs> it's about goddamn time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not realize what was going on with the situation when you sent me the article. And uh, I... I Anyone that listened to this though knows I'm not a big fucking Mandy Rose fan in general. But uh yeah, no one deserves to get fired like that. It's kinda of shitty. Um, especially from a company who has done way worse <laughs> and have people on the roster who have either done way worse or were accused of way worse, like whatever, she showed titties. It's not that it's not that big of a deal if we're being completely honest this, this is a company that had Shawn michaels he was in fucking playgirl like who is currently sean the-
1: michaels show she got sean michaels oh. is the one who showed triple h that inevitably got her fired just think of that and triple h who's done a, who fucked the corpse one time remember <laughs> that just, yeah it's just it
0: i don't know it's kind of like uh they obviously wanted to move on from mandy rose and maybe this was just kind of the fuel for the fire if i'm being completely honest but uh yeah not a great look uh i will say people that are immediately shouting for her to be an aw i would be like are Are you sure <laughs> are you sure that's what you want um but yeah no i feel bad i feel bad it's kind of a shitty it's a shitty situation and, and i think that, like i was talking about kind of with you and uh on a uh, shout out to tom tom's main event podcast I, I i was talking to him a little bit while he was doing his live show i think a lot of this has to do with that third party income thing that they they put the ban on for twitch streamers i know they've kind of loosened that a little bit but once you get into the world of like patreon and OnlyFans, like they didn't necessarily mention those specific platforms but they they don't want wrestlers making money that they can't control which is kind of shitty but uh i i bet a lot of that plays plays into account like, she kind of got away a, a little bit away with it by not doing a straight only fans page, but she's basically doing a bootleg only <laughs> fans page, uh, whatever, whatever that site was.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And uh, unfortunately, that's just how it is. And it's definitely based on, you know, the third party type of concept, but it also, you know, them claiming to be this PG company. So. They don't want their. I mean, I don't know. It just it is a bit ridiculous. But hey, Mandy, make your money, man. If you're making more fucking money doing that, I don't blame you for not giving it that up uh, over WWE. So, I mean, that's just it's kind of stupid at that point. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just I feel I feel like people should be able to do that. But at the same time, I know their excuse, Chris, is well. You know, and I I don't know, maybe maybe Mandy Rose is her name. Pretty sure the word generator from WWE actually created that. And they have an IP, basically. So they look at it like that, that you're using your IP and your fame from the WWE uh, to get this platform over, which is obvious, but at the same time, pretty fucking stupid to me yeah it's it's really dumb
0: to me because like this is the company that did all of those diva dvds and calendars and magazines where it's basically whatever she was doing on on that platform i mean like if i was her i would buy like a bunch of that old shit from like 99 on ebay and then send it to whoever fired her you know like this is this is also the company that let charlotte flair be in the bodies uh, issue of ESPN's Bodies magazine, which is fully nude. It's just showing off athletes' great bodies, but it's basically like, yo, this is a nude mag. This is a nudie mag. So it's, I, I don't know.
1: Who Rhonda Well, I, I think, I think if Mandy Rose was doing it for like an artistic purpose, it probably would have been a little bit different than her personal pictures she's taking of her titties and putting them on a website. So.
2: A little yeah, I mean, different.
1: Well, we both know that the problem is that WWE can't monetize it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's actually why she's getting fired now, because she showed her titties. And but, seriously, uh, any person, executive from Playboy, Chelsea Green, Mandy Rose, like, these are hardworking women. If they want to pose naked in your magazine, and if men want to see that, or women, whoever the fuck, you know, how dare you for not actually trying to get them in there? So so I'm going to say. And I, I don't, and I will say i don't even have that big of a problem if wwe is going to take
0: this stance with anyone that does that that's fine just be consistent about it like we we're geared towards children we don't need our stars out there with their titties out i, I get that right but that's not why she got fired if we're being completely honest with that company you know what i mean like if they would have made a hard decision of, if they if they'd have made a hard line decision of like look you can't be out there doing that um it, it doesn't even sound like they had a conversation with her, though, about it. You know what I mean? Like, if they would have been like, hey, like, can you please take that side down?
1: <laughs> it wasn't that. It was just
0: like, oh, well, you're fired.
1: <laughs> from what I hear, they had a conversation with her, and she literally said she makes more money from what she makes off that website than she does for working for NXT, for the WWE. So she wasn't willing to give that up. So they fired her for it. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like Which, she kind of yeah. quit. Yeah, yeah. I
0: know that, at least from all the rumors and the reports that I heard, that when she came in, the plan was not for her to drop the title. Um, I guess shit went super south. But, you know, we'll never get that side of the story. That'd be like the CM Punk elite fight. We'll never know what actually occurred.
1: Uh, well, what are you going to do? But sure Mandy Rose will be fine. I mean, and, um, Lacey Evans just put out a
0: fucking... Granted, it's for charity, but she has about the same amount of risque photos in that that's getting sold on the internet. There, there's other ladies that are on that roster that have done very similar things. So it, uh, I think it might have a lot to do with the, the fact that it's Mandy Rose more than anything yeah, else.
1: Hasn't Natalia been on her sister's OnlyFans a bunch? And Not naked, but like we're pretty close to it. <laughs> yeah, they have their own
0: bikini company. If you ever look at her Instagram, it's basically a fucking
1: OnlyFans
0: page. But, but what are you going to do, do? You get it for free. So I guess it doesn't. <laughs> See, that's that's what I'm getting at is the fact that it's not because it's because it's being monetized by someone else from a third party website. I feel like that's what they had a problem with more so than like the content.
1: Yeah. And I and at the end of the day, I just find sexist. Like if these women want to get naked, they should be able to. That's all I'm saying. You know, power to the people or power, whatever, whatever fucking platform I'm trying to go for. But um, Yeah. That's yeah, what you really don't get a run shows, You don't get to run shows
0: in Saudi Arabia and then get mad because someone did a picture with tits out. I'm just that's I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah. And uh but that's how it is. And what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. shit. It's fucking scabbage. But uh we'll move on. Other big news items. Not really a news item. We're not previewing <laughs> what? Before we move on, I think it should be said that fucking
0: Vince, the same week, said he was wanting to come back and take oh God. control of WWE, and this is a man that has, like, so many allegations against him. They were settled out of court. Like, are you really worried about Mandy Rose's boobs? What is this fucking company doing sometimes? i mean i yeah. think they're taking a lot of steps in the right direction but it's like that kind of thing like the same week that vince is back in the news you, you're going to fire her over an OnlyFans page also matt riddle out here just doing the most cocaine of all time
1: uh yeah matt's uh matt suspended man um and yeah it wasn't weed because that's not a that's not actually they don't drug test for weed so and if anyone saw the videos of uh people were were, were theorizing from seeing him at a club completely hammered and uh provocatively dancing with a porn star that he might be dating that said porn star and then the next day i swear to god on raw is like you know you hear matt riddle is uh suspended for drug use it's like yeah i could see that
0: yeah he he is suspended not fired though
1: That it's kind of a
0: double standard is what i was getting at yeah absolutely definitely um granted he but- has a bad Wrestler and more over than Mandy Rose is, but uh, yeah, you, you gotta, you can't do that. It's gotta be, it's gotta be one or or neither. You know what I mean? Like you need if you're gonna take a hard stand against that kind of stuff, then take a hard stand against it. But like, be don't consistent. be like, oh, yeah, don't be like it's fine for this person to do it. You get a suspension, but you're fired.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, but yeah, so that that's basically it. Vince coming back is hilarious. That's never gonna happen. Um, he got bad <laughs> advice apparently from from family and friends. I wonder who was uh, advising him. Maybe it's the people that took over. Uh, but um, yeah, what Vince is gonna do? And I was joking with you. He's gonna he's gonna use his money. He's gonna buy out MLW. He's gonna buy out NWA and uh, uh, some maybe Impact. Put them all together and call it WWWF. Only put a show on uh, in Madison Square Garden. And it's going to be a, a rebranch of his dad's original promotion in the '70s. So it's going to be great. I can't wait for that to happen. Michael Hayes will work with them again. Hell yeah, yeah! I'll help him.
0: Doop, doop, doop. Um, doop, doop, doop. <laughs> Actually, that sounds awesome. Though I'm not going to lie, I would I would watch another Vince McMahon pro like promotion if he started one from the ground up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just to see what it is. I was like, holy shit! He finally bought Impact, but he's not in WWE anymore. That's he's funny. like he's like.
1: He's like Billy, Scott, Court. You guys all work for me. <laughs> he could be his new generals. Got more like, what do you want, Vince? Just want to find out so I can give it. You know. So I like
0: that does sound
1: like a little ducky.
0: I like the idea of Vince having to go after his son-in-law and his basic son, which is Triple H, B K, in a rival promotion.
1: It would be hilarious. He's. He, he's trying to go for ratings where he puts a show on Wednesday night. <laughs>
0: yeah, he totally he totally would do something like that. He has
1: he has one on Wednesday night and one on Friday night, the exact same time to SmackDown. Uh I don't know what maybe he can go back to sci-fi. What do you guys do you guys want to do a show? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I guess we should just say news wise if we're gonna relate it to the actual news item. Uh that motherfucker's not getting hired back. He would have to be voted in by their board, and that shit's not happening at this yeah, point. Yeah, I
1: know that he's a majority share, but it's not going to happen. There's no way. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I mean, I, I know. I think it was a week or two ago. I think it was either Raw or, or SmackDown suffered a little bit in the ratings, but for the most part, they've been excelling, especially compared to when Vince was, uh, you know, in charge. And the storylines, everything's a lot better. The matches. So no, I I don't think that's going to happen. It would it would be terrible. Yeah, I mean WWE right now
0: they're going to suffer anyways when you talk about Monday Night Raw because Monday Night Football we're towards the end of the football season it gets murdered every year. This is not like a new thing.
1: Yeah, I I, I like my idea because there's a lot of great wrestlers in those three organizations and you could just like restart from everything. If he sees Alexander Hammerstone, he's going to be like you are my number one. Uh, and then we can just go from there with the WWWF. Um, that would be hilarious. But you, that's you, also bring,
0: you bring up a good point. He could buy MLW because there are a lot of people on that roster that seem like Vince would love.
1: Uh, Holy <laughs> shit, Jacob, that too. Why the fuck don't we hire you?
0: <laughs> it's like uh, Vince, we tried to get him. Shut up. <laughs>
1: Shut up. Uh.
0: Yeah. By the way have you watched any of this new young rock
1: no i stopped watching it when i realized it wasn't going to be accurate at all it's like yeah. this is stupid it
0: is like kind of a weird tale of the rock but uh i was just, i was just getting a call out for the actor that is playing this version of the rock at like age 22. this cat got in fucking incredible shape for this role i think he is bigger than the rock was during this time period um for
1: the show. is this nation of domination days basically yeah so
0: you just he just cut his first heel promo turned full heel and uh kind of the storyline in the show is that people are starting to recognize him out in public and give him shit so yeah it's uh it's it's been kind of fun it it still goes back to uh, hopefully the rock doesn't actually think of these people looking the way they do (laughs) because some of the casting is just absolutely terrible like um If Ron Simmons whipped Dwayne Johnson's ass in real life, it'll be because of this show. be like, really? (laughs) Uh, Uh, but it's, it's a fun show. I mean, and and I just want to give a shout out to that actor because I think he does a great job. The guy that's playing like 23 year old rocker, whatever he's, uh, he's gotten it spot on and they made him do the people's elbow drop on the last episode, like seven times.
1: And, uh, holy shit he does he do the vibration right before he drops the elbow perfect yes and it's the nation of domination one so it's even
0: more sarcastic where you kind of swing your leg over your opponent before hitting the elbow like it's 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 like amplified to like a a thousand because when the rock started doing it it was a heel move because it's kind of like a weird he's already beat the guy because the people's elbow is not an effective move (laughs) wait it's not (laughs) <laughs> they uh, they played that off in the back with people being like I don't fuck it. No, oh, it was Ken Shamrock. They had like an actor that was Ken Shamrock. He's like I don't fucking get it. You bounce off the ropes, jump over me, and then give me like an elbow drop, and I lose.
1: Yeah, Chris, you know like many moves. I have a certain there's certain moves I just think that are stupid in wrestling. Um, even if they're from some of my favorite wrestlers, like I hate the six one nine. I know, I know. I'm just. I'm just a, a miserable prick, but it's just so dumb. And with Rey Mysterio, he's got so many other cool moves. Like I love the springboard uh, Hurricane Rana into the uh, pin. I forgot what the hell that's called. Uh, the West Coast Pop. Love that move. Always hated the other one. I, I just thought it was dumb. People's elbow might be, might be number one for me because at least the fucking leg drop. Hulk Hogan had these giant thighs. Like it's coming on you. That just looked. And, or or Stone Cold's version of it. The way he would just do that little dance but he's driving the elbow like it's just him doing a symphony rock one sides other side it's just a dumb move but you know that's just me
0: it, it's a dumb move but it fits his character i
1: don't know that it does can get away with it
0: um and also like at that point the rocks already beat your ass if he's sitting at people's elbow on you you've already gotten like six rock bottoms
1: well that's why i'm glad he included the spine buster into it like that was the setup. To like knock them completely on their ass and almost out, and Which then
0: he would one of the best spine busters of all time. We should talk about that. It's a fucking great. Oh, yeah. The way he kicks his leg and emotes while he's doing it is, is I mean, it's not like as good as Arn Anderson's spine buster, but holy shit, it is a very fucking good spine buster.
1: Well, you know, for for what we say about The Rock, he's he's a pretty he's a good wrestler. He understands psychology. Some of his punches and his kicks are kind of weak, but when it came to his spine buster, uh, and especially I loved his uh. His DDT, the one where he would like, you know, jump over on the other side and give him a DDT. It looked fucking devastating. And no one, besides Scott Hall, took the stunner uh, like quite like The Rock did. He was very unique in taking that motherfucker, <laughs> doing a backflip and shit. I like the story behind that is a case
0: of beer bet. If they could, if he didn't do the same bump each time he got the stunner, that's such a great fucking story yeah the hard to dislike um even though he's making it very hard for me to like him with a lot of these movies he puts out but he's still to me he's still a jabroni beating pie eating
2: <laughs> uh,
0: they did make the pie joke his wife was like why are all these people ordering you pie they're at a restaurant he's like don't worry about it it's just it's pretty good um there's some there's some funny moments she's like you don't Maybe even ask pie." Like, I, I love pie do
1: you <laughs> like poontang pie
0: <laughs> I, I just he goes after michael michael cole for like in strudel <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ, I some of the stuff that it's it's like when you watch like early office, you're like, I don't know how the fuck they got we're, we're so uh, not desensitized. We're like, so the, the
2: opposite, opposite nowadays podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that we, we you yeah, go back and you watch Attitude Era in the t- 2000s or early like The Office or a lot of stuff you're thinking about, like, wow, that would not work today at all. But I still love it just because it's raw and no pun intended but uh yeah the rock do you like poontang pie <laughs> of course not michael you like strudel
0: jesus but yeah this season is is picked up i will if you tuned out it might be worth going back to now because they're kind of getting into the middle of his career the beginning of his career leading up to uh his heavyweight title run and they're doing some very, very funny stories from that time period. And uh they're they are focusing a little lo- like a lot on his relationship with Danny, his first wife, who worked for um god damn it, was that uh the, the giant bull in New York? I can't think of the financial company.
1: Oh, but, oh yeah. I know you're yeah, the one that's a part of his uh company now, uh Five br- Bucks produ- pro- Five Bucks Productions, right? Yeah. Marilyn Lynch. There you go. That's that's yes. the fuck. Um She was like a big deal there.
0: She was making way more money than the rock was making when the rock was on top in WWE, which is kind of crazy to say, but it's uh, they're they're, they're definitely have focused a little bit on their relationship and. Rocky Johnson's there. I wonder if they're going to talk about the seventeen kids he has that the Rock never knew growing up. Uh, I doubt they're going to. Or, get or
1: married. about some of his uh, wonderful Bill Cosby-like stories in the past. We're just probably going to go over that, right? We're just going to yeah. s-
0: just skip that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, it's there. You know, the Rock might be a really good dude, but his dad—he's uh, got some stories. Just go on fucking Google and invest and, and some time if you yeah. want. Rocky Johnson turns out not the best person of all time, um, as it goes with a
0: lot of older wrestlers. But uh, yeah, he's the guy that plays him in the show is fucking great though. So you know, you know, it's not his fault. He's just playing a character, guys. So yeah, don't absolutely not and if you
1: it. want accuracy on that show, it's not accurate because during the early '80s, apparently in Hawaii, Macho Man Randy Savage, Iron Sheik, Andre the Giant, all were working at the exact same time. For the Polynesian um, promotion, which we know that all of them at different time periods did go there, but it was stretched throughout the 80s. So, you know, Rock likes to take his liberties to make stuff more, you know, kind of fun, if you will. So, which is nothing wrong with that. Just don't look for accuracy, historical accuracy with everything.
0: Yeah, there, there was definitely never a time where they were all there together in Polynesian Pro. Um, there is no. stories of Andre working there because he liked to vacation in Hawaii and would do spot shows there, and he he was friends with Rocky Johnson and the family, et cetera. And there's all those photos of him and you know uh, young Rock, the Pebble, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like like the, the fucking Sheiky was not out here having <laughs> matches with Macho Man and Polynesian Pro. That that didn't that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I think one time they were trying to say Vince Jr. sent someone to Hawaii. I think they were like in '84, and it's like, dude, like he just took over fucking W. Whatever. But I
0: feel ba- I feel bad because we didn't give it a lot of highlights on the show. But the rocks that the dark or like the tales from the territory, we kind of talked about a little bit of it. But uh, that show did not do well.
1: It did not do well at all. So I, you know, I know it was a labor of love for The Rock, but it, man, his labors of love as of lately have not been doing that great. Black Adam it's barely going to make any money. Um, yeah, uh, you went, you went to see that in theaters, right? No, I rarely go and see comic book films. Marvel and DC have let me down so much. I'm looking forward to their future. Um, now that Marvel has its own, like Bob Iger's back, who, if you don't know, that was, CEO, Chapek, did terrible, uh, pissed off a lot of people with the parks, the movies, everything. So he's now involved. They're going a better direction. Kevin Feige, who's in charge of Marvel Studios, doesn't have any middle management like he did when Chapek was involved. Um, And also DC, now James Gunn, is starting from scratch with pretty much everything. And he's now writing a Superman movie, and they're... Planning out the next ten years uh with DC having uh continuity that doesn't get fucked around by you know Warner Brothers. Like now they actually have DC studios, they're by themselves. So I'm looking forward to the future. Going to see even like I wanted to see the new Black Panther, but I was like, I'll just wait. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I what happens. Heard, fatigue.
0: I heard, the, I heard the new Black Panther is weird which we kind of expected it to be it's unfortunate like yeah all that thing set itself up so
1: well they probably should have done what chadwick boseman asked them to do uh which was recast the character because the character was more important and they decided not to do that and go a different direction which hey if ryan coogler wants to do that he's a great director so i get it, it he's that was a horrible task having to fucking make that movie because how the hell do you make a movie without chadwick boseman and try to tell the story. Still, it just uh, that's I don't I don't that that that's a that's a hard thing. And from what I hear, the movie might not be as good as the first one, but Angela Houston is incredible. From what I hear, so they're trying to get her nominated for a best supporting actress, and since she hasn't won one yet, and she's one of the best actors I think from her era, she was nominated for the Tina Turner movie, which was fucking amazing. Not Angela Houston. Um, god damn it. That's the chick from from the original Adams Family movies. Um, see, now I fucked up. She also was in the Jackson movie, the Jackson Five movie, as uh, Mama the,
0: Jackson. The VH1 TV fucking. Yes. TV. Were they super focused on Michael's relationship with a mouse?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um. Uh. Angela Bassett. God, I'm an idiot. But uh, her she was incredible in it. So, Shut up,
0: boys to men being in that movie and starting a fight with the Jackson Five for no reason whatsoever, by the way, that made.
1: I, I, dude, I saw that recently, and it's it's like the Temptations. It was a mini series, so it's actually like a fucking like four or five hour movie, but it's so good. It was one of the best I think TV miniseries. They just like the Temptations one was fucking awesome. Um, Why is VH1 not doing that
0: now? Like, why are they not like, yo, here's a movie that you probably wouldn't get to see about the talking heads or,
1: you know, why why,
0: not their gimmick? Like, why are you not just doing...
1: There's certain bands I find fascinating, man. Like, go to California during the late 60s, early 70s, so we can see what was going on with Fluid Mac and the Eagles and the Beach Boys all collectively doing their own thing and kind of... or whatever like a rolling stones fucking biopic or or a mini series like i don't know
0: yeah because i mean vh1 used to they were about that life and then back in the day at least when we were in middle school and high school and stuff they were definitely pumping those out a lot and showing them all of the time and showing old movies like they would show like the uh, the led zeppelin film they would show the uh, the wall the pink floyd film they show that def leppard one um I, I get
1: did they focused hard hard on reality TV somewhere in there? Oh yeah, Viacom itself, man, the company that owns MTV, VH1, Comedy Central, um, a lot of their channels are not just devoted to reality TV. So, so it sucks. I think that that uh, type of television blows ass, but I know a lot of people like it. Yeah. I watch pro wrestling though, so mm-hmm. I get watching scripted stuff and pretending it's real. Uh, i i don't know why my form of it gets made fun of and yours doesn't but uh whatever you know
0: yeah do we really need like t- like at this at this Teen mom shit, i'm pretty sure she was the same age as me the original teen mom when i was in high school and that show first came out so can we stop calling it teen mom can we, is there another name that we can have for it like when they start bringing these og people on uh, that being said, I love those dumbass shows. They're they're like junk food for me. I will sit down and watch like all of Florida Bama Shore and be like, "This is fucking great." I mean, it's well, I people. used
1: to love the originals. Like, I loved the Real World. I thought it was so incredible. And then Road Rules came out, and I thought that was a lot of fun. And then the Challenges came out, and they're still fucking doing really well in the ratings. So I can't talk shit because the challenge itself is one of the most highly rated television shows still on cable. But it just like. And when they start branching out, and then we're just like infatuated watch, watching rich people, whether it be, you know, Paris Hilton or fucking um, uh, Kim Kardashian, it's like, okay, what the hell are we doing? Like, we're, <laughs> fuck, do you guys really want to watch this? It's it's really good stuff. Makes women look really intelligent, and great <laughs> yeah. too. Where they're all vying for, or vibing for Flavor
0: Flav's love.
1: <laughs> that, that was, and, and I love Flavor Flav, and I don't blame him for doing that. There's a famous skit with, um, oh, uh, what the hell's the name of that comedian? Where he's talking about like Flavor Flav and how he's like, how, how, how the hell do you do that shit? And he's like, because I got paid! Flavor <laughs> Flav! You know? It's
0: like, that's yeah. how- nice. Nice. <laughs>
1: Chuck D's like, God damn it, slaves. Uh,
0: another reality appearance that he had recently that kind of threw me off, and I'm sure this is like three or four years back. Uh, he had bought something from um, OJ Simpson's estate and showed up on Pawn Stars trying to sell it, which was fucking really funny. I was like, wow. man, like all of all of this crossover is happening right now on the History Channel.
1: All right, well. Yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about originally, but that was fun.
0: Um, so, speaking of crossovers, you just want to do Wrestle Kingdom next? you want to talk about Wrestle Kingdom?
1: Let's do Wrestle Kingdom. Um, So, obviously, they're, they're, they're pre-show. It's two young boys. They have an ex- exhibition match, and then they have their big uh, battle royal uh, to determine number one contender to the provisional uh, KOPW 2023 trophy. So that's normally what they do. But then we start the actual program. Uh, in honor of Antonio Noki, we're going to start off with Yuji Nagata, uh, Sat- Satoshi uh, Kojima, and Togi Makabe going against uh, Tatsumi Tetsu- Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and the fourth Tiger Mask. Um, this will be oh, a fun actually, Legends match. You're talking about the, the, the that's on the card for Wrestle Kingdom? They announced that? Yep, that's the first match. It's a six-man yep. tag team match in tribute of Antonio Noki. Okay, I
0: was making sure because they just ran a very similar match on their pay-per-view from last week. That's why I was asking. Carl Anderson showed up uh, on that pay-per-view as well. So if you if you guys like Carl Anderson, he's the never-open-weight champion right now and uh, showed up and did some stuff on the last pay-per-view.
1: No, this one uh, is the January 4th show, so this is uh, different at least. Um, so it's... Basically, some of the best legends together going against each other, essentially, uh, in the name of Enoki. Ino- uh, so then we have Chris, we have uh, Catch uh, 22, TJ Perkins and Francisco Akira going against uh, Leo Rush and Yo, which I did not know was the tag team for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Uh, the champs being TJ Perkins and Francisco Akira. That should be fun. Uh, like I said, there's not so much predictions, but does that sound like a fun match to you? It'll be a fun match, but
0: don't take the titles off TJ like to give it to Leo Rush. That guy, uh, man, what yeah. a great wrestler, but what a fucking nightmare to deal with. Apparently, in every promotion he's ever worked at,
1: he's he's like a uh, Smiley Kylie who's now in fucking NXT. It's like, is it really worth it? Although I, I feel Why? for her more because she, I know for a fact she deals with anxiety and depression and shit like that, which is kind of screwed her in certain situations, if if you will. But like Leo is just a fucking difficult person. It sounds like I'm sure Leo well, has, has some, problems. He is the Kanye West of wrestling, basically. Oh <laughs> wow!
0: <laughs> this motherfucker, uh, he just starts beef for no reason in companies like how are you going to be out here feuding with czw buddy like what are you what are you doing like i love leo rush i think he's a great wrestler and the the two times he was on AEW before he got fired uh he had great matches like he's a fucking great wrestler there's a reason why he's gotten hired by all these companies but holy shit um which is why i called him the Kanye, because kanye is also fucking great like graduation is a great fucking album but oh, it's also incredible. crazy
1: he's fucking crazy <laughs> Leo he's Rush. either crazy or he's a, such a narcissist that he likes to create these fucking situations for whatever reason. I have no idea, but yeah. Which is pretty much crazy, <laughs> so I guess you're right.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. Leo Rush and Teddy Hart and Austin Aries, they're going to all start their own federation,
1: I guess. Yeah, the island The island uh, uh, operation in Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, Jesus um, All right, so the next match we have – and I'm assuming, Chris, this might change because Sasha Banks is not announced on any of this, so this might be the match she's put into, if you will. Kari saying the champion is going against uh, Tam Nakano for the IWGP Women's Championship. This might, from what I think at least, become a three-way. Or, I mean, it, maybe if Sasha is not going to be with WWE – Maybe she's just gonna sit on commentary. She'll have an entrance. People will go crazy, and she wants to basically go against the winner of that. Either that, or I see her getting added to this match and making it a three-way. Um, so I'll just say this: If Sasha is now that we're hearing the rumors that she's not coming back to WWE, that might be true. That might not be true. If we're going by that, Sasha's in this. I kind of expect her to win it. But if it's just you know Nakano and 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 Zayn or or. Uh, Hojo, Kerry Hojo, kind of think that Kari's going to have the championship still after this. She might have the championship regardless after this, but uh, what what do you think? Do you think that Sasha's going to be at this match? Will she make an appearance? What do you think? So I think Kari's going to win and then the first night, and then
0: she will get challenged by Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks will come out, and it'll be a whole big deal, and then they'll do the match the second night. It's crazy because we Cause have... They're, they're, like, New Japan loves that shit. Like, oh, our champion just won. Let him cut a promo. And that's how we set up the next match. The person immediately comes yep. out. Like that—that That is kind of their thing. And how they flow in wrestling. So I could 100% see that. Um,
1: and let it be known. If she comes out. Especially if she comes out to her theme music. From WWE. The one from her... Uh, unless she owns that music. Because her uncle is the one... Or, cousin or whatever Snoop Dogg's the one who did it um but if she comes out to that and she's going by Sasha Banks we're gonna have two people from WWE on fucking Wrestle Kingdom the same <laughs> night we have people from AEW which is just weird uh but I don't know do you think that's if she comes out as Sasha Banks Chris especially if she has her music does that mean she's still like she's going back to WWE do you think if it's something completely different and she's going by Mercedes that kind of shows us what direction she's going to go in. But you had a good point, I think, last week, where don't even go by Sasha Banks, go by whatever, even if you are still in WWE, which makes a lot of sense of it, too.
0: Since the last time we talked about that, there's been more out there, like, uh, news-wise, from various people, of which the only reason she's not in WWE, uh, WWE right now is money. Um, she's wanting more money than they would offer her. So I'm like, wait, don't expect her to show up in AEW. Because if they're offering, like, because WWE gives bigger contracts because they know they need to. Um, yeah,
1: like, but Tony doesn't doesn't mind throwing money at people. He likes throwing money at a lot of people. He doesn't like paying one person a lot of money. That's like, a good point. For instance, Cody
0: Rhodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to be that guy but i'm just saying like Cody Rhodes wanted to make CM Punk money Tony Khan was like you ain't CM Punk <laughs> and he's like yes thank thank god i'm not uh but but you get what you get what i'm getting at is is it, yeah it's going to be it's that's all contract stuff basically like uh, they'll work it yep. out but uh the the point i made last week for people that missed that show and once again apologies cuz Skype tried to fuck us without giving us a reach around it was bad Um, what I was saying was, even if Sasha Banks does resign with WWE, let her run her own moniker in new Japan and have a big match and maybe win the new Japan title and then bring her back in, um, yeah, as kind of an outsider, they love to play with the new Japan storylines in WWE anyways, specifically AJ Styles is a good example. Um, or if you go back to Prince Albert when he came back from Japan over there, like this would be a one. This would be one that would work. And there's good wrestlers there that have been in Japan, for instance, uh, Asuka, that you could run a storyline with. And, and I just hope they're building that relationship. It's crazy to think about the fact that Wrestle Kingdom is going to have, e- even if you take Sasha Banks out of the mix, we're still going to have a wrestler from the two major WWE promotions or the major American promotions plus like New Japan. Because you're still going to yep. have Carl Anderson,
1: uh, it's yep, it's it's super fun and interesting to me. I love it, Dane. Kenny Omega's on it, and then our next one uh, that's this is listed by the way. This is not necessarily like I always say the the order of the matches, uh, but the next match, your IWGP Tag Team Championship or champions, I should say, FTR Dax and Cash are going against uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. And here's the thing. FTR dropped, obviously, the Ring of Honor titles to the Briscoes. They didn't win the AW Championships, so they still have the AAA and IWGP. It's going to be very telling because I I, I would assume FTR would go over. But if they drop these, I believe I heard their contracts, both of theirs, are up in February. So, once again, I don't know if that's a, a situation. I don't remember reading it or not of the fact that they can be extended for another year, like Tony has done with certain people. But um, it's going to be very telling if they drop that t- those titles. You know, it's I, I feel like it's going to spell stuff out with them that they might be going to a different place. So that could be wrong of me to th- assume. Maybe they'll just get – they'll keep those titles, or even if they drop them, they'll stay with AEW. But it's just something to think about. And, I mean, the fact they're going against Goto and and uh, even though I don't want to see Godo and Yoshihashi win those titles, they're very popular. They're a popular tag team. Right now, we don't have Tamatanga and Tonga because Tonga Lo is injured. Uh, so Girls of Destiny are out. And they're not doing Zack Sabre with um, the uh, Phantom of the Opera motherfucker. I forgot what his uh, name is. Um, so they're, but, they're, uh, they're lacking did, tag teams. Didn't they book Tama versus uh, fucking...
0: Yeah. Carl Anderson though for the never open title, so they're they're hoping that he's good by then, I guess.
1: Yep. No, well, it's it. it I, I don't know what's going to happen with that because it seems like Tomatongo is going to take that never open weight off of Carl Anderson so he can just go to WWE like that's why he's there. But um, I don't know. Uh, he's he's got Jado in his corner. His brother's still fucked up, so unless he just healed up and is there to save him, I guess. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find out. But uh, FTR. Chris, if you see FTR lose the titles, do you think that they might be leaving come February if they don't have to have an extension on their contract?
0: <laughs> so here's the thing. It depends on how you're going to run the company, right? If I was Triple H and I'm in charge of this and I, I know that they're going to come back, right? Like, let's say let's say we know for sure they're going to come
1: back. Why would you want them to lose the New Japan titles? That's a good point. Might as well keep it and drop it at some point in February instead. Yeah, Just like to throw out the scent. <laughs> let them hold it past WrestleMania, and then they can drop it.
0: Because it's not like New Japan has a flourishing tag division or anything. Um, if we're being completely honest, especially now, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean it got this. Uh, they- it got disintegrated. Actually, New Japan uh, Pro, or what? It- what the hell is the American version of that?
1: Um. Oh God, dang it! I know what you're talking about because uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, who are now also. The Impact Tag Team Champions, so double champions uh, for uh, New Japan Strong, they're they're tag champions, the American version, and also Impact. So maybe they'll attack uh, FTR afterwards. Also, they are going after them
0: boys, so there's that. Uh,
1: Motion Machine Guns Guns are on a comeback, man. I'm glad they got the the Impact titles. Because really, honestly, I, I love the acclaim. But technically, if FTR or the Young Bucks were to have that, you'd literally have the biggest tag teams in all the positions from the major companies, you know? Um, I just like when we do our top five, like, tag
0: teams for this year. I'm going to name tag teams that I was super into 10 years ago. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) at least, like, two of the top ones (laughs) with FTR. Or not FTR, but uh, Dim Boys and Motor City Machine Guns.
1: Hey man, and they're definitely. I'll just I'll relay that message. there in my top five as well, so uh, that, that's gonna be fun to to discuss for sure. Um, will that be the next show, or should we do that the the next weekend? No, that the next weekend will be. Is that Saturday gonna be New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Uh, we're just gonna say next show. We'll do next show, I guess.
0: Okay, That'd be good. Yep. Okay. But um I don't know what day that's gonna come on because the holidays guys listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll
1: no shit. <laughs> All right, so the tournament titles for the end for the New Japan World Television Championship, the inaugural, yes, they're getting another title on there. Whatever. Zach Saber Jr. against Renderita. That should be a fucking awesome match, Chris.
0: Should be a great match. I don't like you like you made the joke about the titles so I think that's the kind of the funny or, or like the uh, elephant in the room.
1: Oh I'll my god. That. Are they trying to compete with AEW to have the most championships in a fucking promotion? Is that what they're doing? Yeah. What what is that right now in in just any wrestling promotion?
0: Why are there so many goddamn titles? Impact's the only one that has titles that makes sense. Yeah, and then d-
1: they got rid of titles. Even WWE if you combine NXT, they got a ridiculous amount of titles. Um because WWE
0: also has a ridiculous amount of titles, so it's yeah not they're not unscathed from this <laughs> conversation. What the hell is going on? You know what you need? You need two titles. There should just be a, a heavyweight title and an intercontinental title. That's it. And maybe a women's title,
1: um, unless you're going to apply like they're trying to apply, where the IC title is SmackDown's championship, and the US title is Raw's champion. You know. And you see the, the the other title, the big title, even though they haven't combined them, whatever, the Universal World Heavyweight Championship, if you will, being the traveler between the two shows. Um, I'm okay with that. But, uh, yeah, it's kind to the point where every company has to have a million fucking titles. And I'm sorry, but AEW is the worst because it's – I don't know, man. They have so many goddamn champions at this point
0: like Speaking of aw they did not give us what me and you talked about on last show which is come out and say what you're doing with ring of honor i feel like the title conversation you know. less stressful if you tell us there's going to be a separate show but we did not get that on that pay-per-view
1: tony um can you go into detail about the ring of honor i'm not actually disclosed to give out that information right now but thank you so much
0: yeah the- they're so lucky that we don't get invited to that presser because if you think CM Punk is bad, I would be a nightmare for Tony. <laughs> the fuck are you doing with Ring of Honor? <laughs> Everyone like, just looks <laughs> at you, and I'm like, yeah, he's he's like that. And he's like, that's that's how you pose that question. Yes, at this point, that is how I pose that question to you, sir.
1: All right, so we were already talking about it beforehand. Carl Anderson, Tomatonga, never open weight championship. Carl's got Luke Gallows. Tamatanga has a barely able to walk jado in his uh, orjado in his corner. Tamattanga's going over. I just think that Carly Anderson needs to drop that title. I mean, I think that's the whole point of this, really. So I don't know if he wins and then he gets beaten down by the good brothers. Then you cue, obviously uh, Tonga Lowe if he's healed up to come and save his brother. And they beat down the good brothers and they get the hell out of there or something like that. Uh, although it really would be cool if AJ Styles made an appearance. I'm not expecting that. But uh, that would be awesome. I'm just It, saying.
0: it, really, it really depends on what they're going to do with this card. Is Sasha Banks, like I know that the rumors are that she's not tied to WWE right now, but she's having open contracts with them or open contract negotiations with them. If we're going to do something like that, why would you – like it goes back to the same thing i was thinking earlier why would you not want him to retain the title
1: if new japan could be like something where they're not going to have matches against each other but you can potentially see aj styles since he has a uh, a past on the same card at wrestle kingdom as you could see kenny omega you know i think that would be awesome and like i said you don't have to necessarily see aj go against kenny but just be a part of the same fucking you know like they're doing this year basically I hope to see that more in the future. Wrestle Kingdom, honestly, I mean, it kind of exceeds WrestleMania in a lot of ways up until recently, where WrestleMania finally, I feel like, has more gravitas in the last like two years. But it's definitely neck and neck for my favorite pay-per-view of the year.
0: Yeah, easily. And uh, AJ Styles is interesting when you talk about Carl Anderson, because like you could do, because you also have Cody Rhodes, you could do a fun... Oh, this, he's the old heads bully club versus like Cody's version of the bullet club with grills. Oh, if, if, right they right?
1: Had, if they had, if they if, 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 if they had a match and then Carl puts over Tomatonga, it starts all this stuff. And then AJ and Cody come out, or if it's not maybe like Cody, but like another person that would be associated, you know, that's from WWE. I don't know who maybe Ballard comes out. Because him and AJ are feuding anyway, sort of. And Balor helps out, Tomatong, I, I know that we're not... We, baby faces and heels are kind of getting fucked up at that point. But that would be fucking awesome. That would just be uh, like an impromptu three-on-three match real quick. That would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I, I'm not
0: sold on the fact that Sasha Banks is not in contract negotiations with WWE. And WWE is not trying to skate out here and still AEW's girl before they get that Kenny Omega Okada Or bat.
1: steal AEW's Wrestle Kingdom. And New Japan status. Right. Uh, by like, trying to have something like that. Because they will be talking about that more so than even Kenny and Will Ospreay, which we'll talk about.
0: Yeah, if AJ Styles showed up on that show, it would be a bigger deal than Kenny Omega being on that show.
1: I think so. Especially, like I said, potential with Finn Balor, too. You know. um, God, all three all three big leaders. All the leaders, actually, of the Bullet Club would be on this fucking card. All the leaders in the past. Like I
0: said last week, like squash the beef, make fucking money because that's what people want to see. Like, absolutely. Put put them on the same fucking card. New Japan's out here trying to do it. They're like, okay, listen. Like you know, the, the funny thing is, like New Japan is the one benefiting the most, most from this. They're just like, yeah, totally. You guys can come to the show. I don't care. We don't care.
1: Yeah, man, just, I, just, I agree with you. Alright, so then we get down to the next match. This is a tribute for K.J. Muto, one of his last matches. So you have K.J. Muto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shoda shooter, Umino, going against L.I.J., Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. So I'm going to get what I want because K.J. Muto not only is going against Sonata in this match, one of his students, but also Bushi. And then we have Tetsuya Naito and Tanahashi. And and him and Shota, which I know that within the whole entire thing, like, John Moxley was kind of like his his mentor figure, but Shota reminds me a lot of Naito. So this whole thing is fucking awesome. I'm, I'm very excited about this match. Um, I'm loving the fact that Keiji Muto is getting so many chances as his normal self and the great Muda building up to his retirement. This is another fucking cool-ass match put together,
0: Chris. Is Muda the greatest Japanese wrestler ever? Is he Over, there? overall, it, like as he's their Ric Flair, right?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I would say Inoki, so.
0: But as far as like titles and going to multiple places, like I would say Anoki is like Hulk Hogan. Is is Muda the Ric Flair of Japan?
1: Yep. Yeah. yep, I would say so. And Fujinami would probably be third in that lineup, and then I would put Okada probably close after that maybe tanahashi as well but as far as iconic and just worldwide yeah i think muda has made it's either him or Inoki. i think would be the two people people would argue so yeah just either of them yeah it makes a lot of sense that they're
0: going to give him the respect he deserves put put respect on muda's name um that being said i did watch an old episode of 96 wcw i was talking to you about and uh Mm -hmm. Forgot that Muda randomly shows up sometimes on the, <laughs> that show is NWO
1: Muda, which is so awesome.
0: <laughs> it's, it's awesome.
2: Isn't
1: it it's great awesome. that, like, Weird. him and uh, what's his name? Damn it, with the sunglasses, it's, they both joined. Sunny Ono, no, 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 um, New Japan star, big wrestler, he still does like commentary for him sometimes. Oh man, I can't remember his fucking name. Doesn't matter. You um, got a bicycle.
0: <laughs> Anyways, I I, I, it, I threw us all like, way off page. This is my fault.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine, man. I'm I'm trying to uh there they were the three Musketeers. Well all three of them joined um NWO Chono. Uh, Masahiro Chono. And uh, Hashimoto and Keiji Muto and uh, not Tenru but uh, Tenzin, all they were the four guys that joined the NWO from Japan, and I'm sure a lot of people had no idea who the fuck they were, and they were like four of the biggest stars in in New Japan's promotion. Besides Muda, Muda kind of made it over here a lot more. Yeah, so the, I mean, the
0: crazy thing about that is that they did do the New Japan stuff in or not new japan stuff in japan i was going to say they did nwo in japan but eric bischoff took the idea from new japan (laughs) to do nwo to begin with so it's kind of uh it's like one of those weird full circle things uh naito he's not making my top five this year just as a heads up even though he's made it pretty much ever he's i don't think he's gonna make my top 10 this year just because he hasn't worked that much but uh this should be a great match
1: is he coming off of injury?
0: Yeah, he was injured like the majority of this year, so it's not really his fault. He just hasn't had his big... Normally, we'd have like three or four Naito matches I'd be gushing over at this point, and he hasn't had those these this year.
1: Well, this match, no matter what, still should be fun. I'm looking forward to Sonata and Muda squaring up in the ring. I've been wanting that for a while, and it looks like it's actually going to happen. And then he gets to go have a match against, we don't know the opponents, but, like, him as Grey Muta with Sting and Darby in a couple weeks. And pro wrestling Noah. So.
0: How hard would you pop if Muda did the Naito spot? He, like, bumps off the rep, does the flip, and gets into the, like, pose where your head's on you.
1: <laughs> that middle. would be awesome. <laughs> oh, here's a question, Chris. When is uh, when's Shinsuke going against him? it's after kingdom right
0: it's after oh yeah
1: it's in, in pro wrestling noah right? yeah
0: because I, I, I thought they were going to do it at Wrestle kingdom because it's at the to- it's at the tokyo dome right they're doing that kind of weird show i was like okay i'm surprised that they didn't just do that under the new japan moniker but whatever because nakamura and muda or beth i mean They both worked in various places in Japan, but they're both known as, like, New Japan wrestlers. You would think that's where
1: you'd want the match to happen is Wrestle Kingdom, but it didn't shake out that way. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's keep on going with the rest of the card. So, oh, of course, why don't we just reload everything, Wikipedia, you fucking asshole. All right. What the hell do I have this? Okay. That's where we're at. So anyways, the next match is uh, Taji Ishimori Ishimori going against El Desperado against Hiromu Takahashi against Master Wado for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. I don't know. I I guess I just expect Takahashi to win because he usually wins his belt back. And we'll get into another situation like that with the main event. But I, I feel like... Either it's gonna stay on Ishimori or, or Takahashi will end up winning it again, though, Chris. But are you looking forward to this four-way? Yeah, it should be good match. I'm
0: kind of leaning towards what you were saying. Takahashi gets the win here. Um, they love to give him a big win on pay-per-views, so could see that. He is one of the most over people in that entire company.
1: Yep. All right, so we got the two main events, or co-main events, if you will. The first one for the U.S. uh, Championship, the champion Will Ospreay going against Kenny Omega with Don Callis. Um, I'm hoping actually Don Callis is not with him, like it says on here. I'm hoping he comes out with him and then goes on commentary, just because I used to love him and Kevin Kelly together. So it would be a nice little shout-out and throwback to that. Um, But this is going to be a fucking fantastic match, man. I mean... They've been wanting to do it for a long time. Their styles aren't exactly the same, but they definitely seem like they would mesh well. And I love seeing, as what, regardless of what we said earlier, I love seeing Kenny Omega coming back to New Japan and having one of the biggest matches on Wrestle Kingdom again. So I'm looking forward to this. And who knows? I actually have no idea who's going to be the winner in this because maybe they want to put it on Kenny so Kenny can come back and forth, you know. And keep up that relationship. Maybe they want Kenny to put over Will. Um, who does Okada have on this card? We'll will go into the main event.
0: Yeah, no, the, no, who is he wrestling Okada on this? I can't remember. Jay White. Ah. <sighs> So, yeah, this this match should be amazing, but they're going to they're going to try to do the Shawn Michaels thing. That's what I was getting at. They're going to try to outdo one another, which will be really fun, because that means we get two great matches as opposed to just one. Absolutely. Um, uh, Which I mean, Kenny's not going to win this match, I wouldn't think. Right.
1: Unless that's kind of like a I don't know. An offering, I guess. For New Japan.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to do like working relationships with this company, you would think you would want Will to win here and then Kenny to win on AEW, because like because Will's already done stuff with AEW already, so you would assume they're going to bring him back in. Um, it should be a hell of a fucking match, though. I I'm just like thinking about like Okada's watching this match, knowing he's in the main event. He's like, God damn, I got to step my game up this is going to be crazy just seeing those two people back to back. They're going to lose like him and Kenny are just going to fucking go a thousand miles an hour to try to beat each other.
1: Yep. And like you were saying, I mean, who is going to have the match of the night because those two performers with Omega and, and Will Ospreay, they're, they're fucking incredible. And then you have Jay White, who's having one hell of a year, the IWGP champion going against Okada again. They have, great chemistry they always put on good matches and I know I said don't predict but there's a good chance just like last year someone's going to be the champion again um in Kazuchika Okada that's what that's what I think at least so I guess I am predicting Chris Uh,
0: (laughs) you think Okada's walking out champ um I don't know, man. They're really behind JY. He's been he's had a great run. I don't I don't know that you need to take the belt from him right right here necessarily. That would be their big title change though if he won. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like booking wise, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for them to put it on Okada right now. But he's Okada is always a safe option, right? Like, okay, Okada's the champion makes sense. <laughs> it's 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 not that crazy, uh, but at the same time it's like I don't know, I don't know if I would I would necessarily do that
1: if I was Gato uh, booking this show. But well, one thing I was thinking about this is kind of a tribute to Inoki in a lot of ways. They kind of already have said that, and who is the biggest you know modern wrestler that's been obsessed with Antonio Inoki and trying to get him more involved with the company is Okada. So. You got your baby face that goes over against the dastardly heel that took that title from him several months ago, and he finally gets his payback. Even though we've seen this, we literally saw it last year, right? I mean, Okada beat whoever and got the championship. I forgot who it was. Uh, yeah, is it kind of overdone? But then again, Okada is kind of like what Roman is to WWE. What uh, you could say, you could argue, you know, Moxley is to AW. He's a safe person to put that damn title on. Because people love him.
0: Yeah, but you're gonna get such a hill. If, like if AJ wins, somehow wins this match, you're kind of doing the opposite. You're doing the the flip, the switcheroo. Um, I don't know, man. That's gonna be a great match. I, I'm looking forward to both those matches. If uh, if you guys needed a reason to buy the New Japan pay per view. Uh, Dane just listed out two great matches in a row that are reasons to buy that pay-per-view.
1: <laughs> Can That's you what I'm him? saying, man.
0: <laughs> Okada and Jay White. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be a little selfish here. I am sad that Jay White didn't have a longer run in impact because I had a lot of fun when he was there with Chris Bay.
1: He's great, man. J. White's fucking awesome.
0: Him and Chris Bay were having amazing tag matches with Motor City, and I'm like, holy shit.
1: Um, so. All right, well, let's leave uh, the great area of Japan, come back over here for the U.S. So I'm just going to go over like some of the big things that happened on the four shows, two AEW shows and the WWE shows, and then we'll do this, you know, going over the roster for AEW and get out of here. Do we want to talk about the Ring of Honor pay-per-view at all? Didn't we already talk about that? Uh, no.
0: no, we have not. I mean, I brought up dim boys, but we have not talked about... <laughs> that pay per view.
1: Uh was that was that last it was last Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold on. What's the name hap- of
0: it? it it was happening while we were doing the show, uh Final Battle.
1: All right. So yeah, let's do that.
0: <laughs> we don't have to spend a lot. I mean, there's a there's at least one match I want to spend a lot of time on, but we don't have to spend a lot of time on the show. It's-
1: I wonder which match that is. Um all right, let's go to the, just the main card. We'll go down the list. All right. So we had uh, Blake Christian, NAR Fox going against Roosh and uh, Drillistico. Weird concept in which the Baby Faces actually ended up defeating them with Drillistico getting the loss and Roosh just freaking the fuck out. But unlike Dragon Lee, he doesn't beat up his other brother afterwards. And he actually uh, lost the match for them. But, uh, like Christian, it was it was kind of sloppy at the beginning, I will say that. I think Roosh is an incredible performer. He's aggressive as hell. He's just believable, and he's incredible in the ring. Uh, and obviously, A.R. Fox, A.R. Fox. So I was happy that Christian and uh, Fox got the win, and I'm curious on what uh, direction they're going with for Roosh. Chris?
0: Yeah, it got a little sloppy in the beginning, and then A.R. Fox and Roosh got in together, and it was fine. Like, it settled down. Um I don't know. I, I'm assuming that Roosh is going to make a run for the uh, Ring of Honor title once they make that an actual show, because it makes the most sense for him, probably. They can run back him and Baden-Dito if you want to. But, yeah, this is with AR Fox and uh, God, why am I think I'm blanking on the guy's name? They're, they're obviously trying to build Blake their- Christian. Uh, yeah, Blake Christian. They're trying to build their tag division, so maybe that's a tag team. But, uh, I don't know, man. Like, hey. I didn't think we'd be talking this much about AR Fox in 2022.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's definitely good. And he got a win. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, when they said AR Fox
1: was in this match, I thought he was just going to get pinned by If <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, all right. So next one, we had Athena going against Mercedes Martinez. A uh, 13 minute match It's actually a really good match. Very hard hitting back and forth and Athena would end up picking up the win and is the new Ring of Honor Women's uh, World Champion. Uh, kind of predicted this pretty much the way it went. So, yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Don't do that enough. Chris, what do you think?
0: Uh, I didn't think the match was very good, but, it, yeah, you totally nailed the prediction. I don't know if I would have done that, but that that's what they did, so...
1: All right, so this one, no one saw this coming at all. Swerve in our glory. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee uh, went against Shane Taylor Promotions, Shane Taylor, and J.D. Griffey. Who, J.D. Griffey, I don't know who the fuck you are, but you're green as shit. Uh, definitely remembered that from the pay-per-view. Sorry. Uh, but, hey, at one part, Swerve got pissed off at Keith Lee and left him. And Keith Lee somehow still defeated the opponents, uh, by pinning J.D. Griffey. Um, I don't know where this is going. I hope this eventually happens where Shane Taylor and Keith Lee are tag team again like they were years ago. I think that would be a lot of fun, but yeah, I guess Swerve got mad at Keith Lee. So If I
0: had to take my best guess where they're going to go booking-wise, they're going to make Keith Lee a top guy in Ring of Honor. They're going to do a blow-off feud with him and uh, Swerve on AEW. But... uh. I, I would think that you're going to get, like, Keith Lee versus Claudio.
1: That could definitely happen, yeah. Which,
0: have we seen that match before? Because I, I was thinking in my, my head, own, like, I don't think we've seen that. That would be a fucking great match. They're going to be yeeting each other all over the building.
1: Yeah, because he has, like, a very similar, like, Claudio has a... You would think that it would be excellent, especially in fact that he has a similar body type to Dominic Djokovic always had great chemistry with keith lee and claudio no offense to dominic uh way better of, like all around one of the best like in-ring workers so yeah that would be a, that, that would be a lot of fun for sure
0: i hope they go like super 1980s with it where you know claudio goes to throw keith lee up in the air and he can't lift him to get the uppercut because <laughs> i will love that i always mark out for that spot a good Lex Luger spot of, like, oh, I can't put this guy up to give him the rack is always good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, the next match, the Embassy, Brian Cage and Gates of Agony, uh, Khan and Toa Leon going against Dalton Castle and The Boy. I like Dalton Castle. Uh, I hate this match.
0: Look, I, I like Don't, the Embassy. I'm fucking on one in this match, though holy shit, he was really great in this match. This match sucked, but he got, it wasn't because he wasn't fucking trying.
1: No, it's 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 the concept itself. I mean, I'm glad that the embassy got the championships, but seeing Brian Cage and Tonga Loa, or not Tonga Loa, um, the hell, Toa <laughs> to- Leone. Yeah. Seeing them fucking sell for the boys is a goddamn joke, and it was stupid, but hey, what are you going to do? The Embassy won. It's like, Brian Cage, man. It's like, I, I'm, I, I'd am i i be happy if I got these titles but at the same time, especially based on another match that happens. I wouldn't be too happy of where I'm going now, since that was an issue before. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but they took away part of Dalton Castle's
0: big entrance, where he, like, sits down on them on, like, the throne or whatever. They didn't do that, so I wonder... What that means necessarily, like what what does that mean? Is Tony like, yeah, you can't be doing that if we're gonna put you on TV. I'm assuming we're gonna see more Dalton Castle. He's fucking great in this match. That was Brian Cage. They were the the standouts of this match.
1: This was not a very good match, but uh right. anytime they were in there, it was pretty good. So I thought this match was good. I still don't care. um <laughs> Will are you to beat Daniel Garcia uh because of rest rough stoppage for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship um like i said the ring is good or the ring the match was good i just i'm sick of the i'm, I'm sick of both these guys i think they're really good in ring wrestlers i'm just sick of them always being put together and this title always being a part of it i'm just over it um yeah. what do you think?
0: i thought the match was good but it the same, same as you just just kind of tired of seeing these two wrestle each other there's other people you could put in the pure like the pure or pride or or whatever the fuck they call that title belt. There's other people you throw in there, basically. There was one great spot: the first open hand uh, or the first fist punch <laughs> that Garcia hit. They they went to Will or Udo. He was gonna do one next, and uh, instead of doing a closed fist punch, he just slapped the absolute dog shit <laughs> out of Garcia. But they still called it. It's <laughs> like a closed handed. Because you know they were going through the flow of the match or whatever, but he forgot. He just slapped the absolute piss. I don't know what Garcia did, but he got fucking punished. He got a receipt. Basically, he got the shit slapped out of him. I will hear you. Know. Uh, that's in like the first like two minutes of that match. Because they go over to the corner, and Garcia is like, you know, they're they're grappling and they're doing stuff, and Garcia hits him with a closed hand, and the ref's like, okay, cool. Uh, well, not OK, cool, but like oh, one, because they have the weird rules because one of these matches it's like you can't hit him with the closed hand. Um, and then either you'd have fucked up or he gave him a receipt because he slapped the absolute fucking shit out of Daniel Garcia like two minutes in this match. And they counted it as a closed fist. I was like, that's fair, because if I got slapped that hard, it, it should be. You should get a penalty for that. It's terrible. Great match, just we've seen it. Uh, I'm done watching these two people wrestle each other.
1: Yep, agreed. Bring so back Owen Gresham. He's an impact now. He signed with Impact. Oh, good for him. That's yeah. awesome. Good for him. Yep, you know, he. I would say I would put him right against Josh Alexander soon for the title. I think they would have a great feud.
0: Hell yeah. Like out of people you shouldn't have lost, Tony, that's one of them. Uh yeah. He's fucking great. The guy's a Shades of Chris Benoit. Where yeah. you're a smaller guy, but it's believable that you'll be able to fuck somebody up. Uh so yeah, I, I, I don't under I I don't know what happened with I, well, I know Tony wanted Claudia to win the title and that kind of pissed him off a little bit. Um yeah, that's gonna be a big loss for Tony. Honestly, because Jonathan Gresham could be wrestling with, like, uh, Samoa Joe, Chris Jerk. Like, he could have been having a bunch of really good-ass matches at a very high level in, in their Ring of Honor products going forward. But, all right. Well, good, good for him, though. I mean, I'm glad he's getting, he got hired somewhere. He's getting fucking paid. That's good.
1: Absolutely. And his wife's there, too. So, it makes a lot of sense as well. Oh, the best
0: wrestler on Impact, Jordan Grayton.
1: No. <laughs> hey, see- she puts on some damn good matches, man. She does. Slamovich, her, killed it not too long ago. That's going to be uh, in consideration for one of my favorite matches. But we'll get to that when we get there. All right, so we should, another match of the year potential. Three. I might have to, Chris. I don't know. I might have to put the feud itself, three matches, as one, because I don't want my top five or top ten, three fucking going to, even though I, this, this feud's great, like, Jesus Christ, FTR and the Briscoes have given us such amazing matches. I mean, their first match was incredible. Their two out of three, incredible. And now a double dog collar match. They beat the living fuck out of each other. They put everything on the line. Uh, much like Moxley, there was a spot where Dax started like bleeding from the, his ear area. I'm like, what are we, uh, bashing our fucking eardrums in? But uh, just in all seriousness, this, this match was incredible. No, the, the way they did it with the next two matches was better than if they just put the fucking championship match after this. Um, I think the match in between actually really was a good idea to put in between this. But 22 minutes, these guys beat the ever-living shit out of each other. And then Dax ended up tapping out. And, uh, yeah, championship. Or, no, no, I think he passed out. I think that's what it was. But it went yeah, he to, passed
0: out. Uh, they did the Austin spot, basically.
1: And Briscoe's fucking won. They deserved it. It was awesome. And yes, I hope we do get more matches between them. If FTR goes to WWE, you know, whenever their contract's up, but they don't have a year extension, um, then we won't. But either way, these three matches, some of the best tag team wrestling I've ever seen. just awesome.
0: I just remember immediately texting you like... <laughs> Top five dead or alive. Reach for the sky, boys, when they were coming out. Uh I fucking love the Briscoes. And uh, this was an absolutely phenomenal match. I don't know it was better than their first two, though.
1: Yeah, it's so weird with this. It's kind of like the Okada Omega fucking matches. Like to me, the first one is the best, but and I think same thing with this. It was something about that first match, but every match that they had, it's if you thought the second match was the best, even if you thought this match was the best, can't really argue with you. They're three fucking amazing wrestling matches. So, you know, it's it's we did get like
0: the best Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor ass shit. Uh, we always get that with these matches, I guess, where the Briscoe's stick a, stuck around and they helps them back up to their feet and like showed like pride for the champions and the, and the people that they, you know, that they just beat and won the titles from. It's like we were, we were just through a goddamn dogfight together. I love that. I, I think that's like one of the best things in wrestling. Ring of Honor has done it so many times and it's always so good. Uh, I love Dax's promo. At the end, (laughs) like, you know, he's fucking bleeding. He's on the mat, and he's like, top, guys, out. Uh, It's pretty fucking good. So, I loved everything about this. I don't think it was better than their first two matches, but they did put a gimmick on top of a gimmick.
1: Basically. And they made it work, which is very hard to do, I think. Um, Well, at least for me, because, yeah, when you have a gimmick on a gimmick or a hat on a hat, it's like, all right, whatever. But... They were doing it, and I was like, "Fuck it," you know what I'm saying. Um, afterwards, Jay and fucking Dax were absolutely
0: murdering each other with this goddamn. They should never have this thing wrapped around their neck ever again because I thought they were both going to die. <laughs> God,
1: dude, so this match and the table spot with whipping, you know, uh, what's his name onto the fucking thing, using the chain basically as leverage, just really good shit. Uh, afterwards. Ask boys come out, get a little bit of heat, um, you know, on FTR, which is now leading to the next feud with them. And the Briscoes came out and saved the day. And, you know, all four guys kind of just stood in the ring at the end of it. But good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff, except for the guns being, like,
0: in the same conversation as this other tech team. <laughs> These other tech teams.
1: It's the, because, well how, they're in a feud uh, with FTR uh, now. They're in a feud with FTR now because FTR wanted to work with them because they saw a lot of potential in them. So yeah, they're both great work- workers, but they they've been absolutely buried on AEW as well. So
0: it's kind of like okay, these are two teams I'm never gonna see on Dynamite.
1: Oh well, they're you know based off of what happened last night, we're definitely gonna see a feud between uh, the Gun Club and uh, FTR. Yeah, I can't wait for a singles match where Dax loses. Probably, it's, it, it probably will happen. <laughs> like I said, it's so amazing. He has great singles matches. The only person he's ever beaten was his uh, tag partner.
0: Every time that the guns get paid and Billy Gunn gets paid, they should send part of that to Danhausen because he fucking got them way over by calling them the Ass Boys.
1: Ah, yeah, the Ass Boys. Um. All right. So next match. I thought this was a good match, man. I was like exhausted from the one before but this one and i think it's it's samoa joe a lot of it has to do with um i'm glad like i said the championship match didn't go off after uh the tag match this is a good one in between and they had a good fight samoa joe ended up winning again samoa joe man he's just so fucking good
0: he's back in the match he's back in rare form too, where he just always looks like pissed off Samoa Joe. Like, Joe is going to kill you, Joe. And you're like, holy shit, Samoa Joe is so goddamn good. I was like watching this match. I was like, oh, it sucks that he has to go after the tag match. because this shit was really good. Samoa Joe's like, fuck it. I'm going to go out here and do the best. Like, how is Joe? Like, Joe's like, what,
1: 48? (laughs) Dude, and (laughs) five years old. (laughs) And not only that, like, Juice is a good in-ring wrestler. But Samoa Joe, like you said, for his age, and the fact is, like, what a fucking concept. Like, we need a, like, wouldn't it be awesome if there was, like, a Polynesian Taz? Like, someone the size of a fucking Samoan or, you know, an Islander, but, like, had that Taz type of concept to him? Samojo. Boom. Like, my God. When when
0: Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs kind of split off from Team Taz, wouldn't it have been fucking amazing if the tag team was hooking
1: <laughs> Joe? Yeah, no, it would have, and I mean, they referenced the fact that Taz has <laughs> mentored and also uh, managed Joe. Well, Taz has talked about it before, because Taz is a really good fucking announcer. On yeah, yeah, put so much extra Book- shit into it. <laughs> Him and
0: Booker T by far are my favorite announcers right now.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and that's and honestly another thing. Ian Riccaboni and fucking Caprice Coleman, one of my favorite. Announcing teams. It sucks that we don't hear them that often. They, they
0: are
1: they are the best announced team. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's just a two man team. They're they're the best. There's no one even close, and, and that includes Kevin Kelly and I can't remember the other guy from New japan but like uh, fucking the re- re- British re- guy. Yeah. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna like get rid of a bunch of announcers, don't get rid of them because they're fucking way better than the normal announcing that we get on an AEW pay per view. That's not a shot at excalibur or jr
1: but uh holy shit they're really good absolutely i think it's because they handle it very much like a sport and they sound like sports broadcasters you know broadcasting wrestling there's just something about their chemistry
0: they they have like a ufc type feel to them yes like broadcasting goes and also And it's
1: so weird i was about to say caprice is is better but i don't even know if i can say that they're both just so good at their job and especially working together Yeah, I had one. Like there was one spot in the
0: Dalton Castle match where Dalton did something, and he's like, "This goddamn three star athlete." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, he is." It was like it just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and
1: then not only that, like he always yeah, he brings, brings up chemistry. <laughs> like <laughs> Dalton himself, he'll always bring up the fact that he was a collegiate wrestler, and like I like that. It reminds me of what JR would do. He'd always like give the regiments of like their background as an athlete. It just makes it pulls me in. It makes me feel. You know it, it makes me go along with everything more i guess i should say
0: right because i mean dalton castle at the end of the day is a fucking weirdo right like he's like a gold yeah. dust character but like if you go back and watch gold dust matches like jr would do the same shit he's like yeah it's dusty Rhodes' kid he's fucking really good at wrestling yeah but he's a, fuck, he's a fucking weirdo <laughs> which they did in that match i was like this is amazing <laughs> No, there was, a po- group, yeah. there was one. There was one spot where Dalton Castle like literally tossed because they always do that spot where he throws the boys at the other team. <laughs> yep, and, and the commentating was perfect on it. They're they're fucking great.
1: I can't remember because I know they had interaction last night with uh, Wardlow came out, you know, hit a promo, and Samoa Joe came on the screen, and they're gonna have a match soon. Uh, but did Wardlow come out at the end of this, or am I going crazy? I felt like he did, and then Smojo like dipped. But I could be mixing up my shit if that makes sense. At the same time, Chris. Oh God, I don't, I don't really
0: remember because we had just done the show after this. If he came out, um, I mean it would make sense if they did that, but I don't think that happened. I think Joe just straight won, and that was kind. Gonna... I don't know either. I do expect Joe to be the first person to give Wardlow a hard singles loss in a long time. And I think it's going to be because like Wardlow is going to be whipping his absolute ass, which Joe's great at selling, so it'll be perfect. And he's going to be you know, overdoing the Symphony powerbomb stuff, and Joe's going to slip behind him and just choke his ass out.
1: Yep. All right, so the main event itself, Claudio Castanoli beat Chris Jericho by submission. All right, so we'll Beat get to the end. Beat him via spinning around. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I thought the match was awesome. I thought they were great. Jericho, we've all said it, has been working way younger than he should be able to, honestly. Um, but the airplane spin causing a fucking submission stop.
0: I do, huh. like Jer- I do like the Jericho doubled down on it. It was like you've never been yeeted around by this brute, <laughs> like on Twitter and stuff. So I appreciate Jericho was like, it hurts a lot to get spun that
1: fast. <laughs> so uh, apparently that that's all it that needed to happen. And then Claudio won. Wheeler Yud came out, and you know, even though there's not a reason to call it, uh, what the hell were they going by their 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 name? The Blackpool Combat Club. Well, the Blackpool has left. So at least the Combat Club, two of the three members, or two of the four members, have gold that they used to have that they got back after a couple months. Yeah, this felt very
0: WWE at the end, though, with all, like, the fucking Willie and just people showing up and shit. I was like, this does feel like the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, Jericho worked his ass off in the Smash. I'm going to give him props for that. Like, holy shit, he's doing, w- he's doing things that I shouldn't you shouldn't expect from jericho at this point in his career but holy fuck um he hit all of the big jericho spots that you would expect and there there's one spot like when he went to go get the uppercut like the toss uppercut that he went so high <laughs> for it yep and, and Claudio, I don't even think Claudio touched his chin. He just hit him in the stomach and Jericho just like sold it like a million dollars. Uh, Jericho's fucking great. I love Jericho. and uh, I, I, The thing I'm sad about is I really liked the storyline of Jericho just beating all the Ring of Honor guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, really stupid storyline. Um, I'm sure that Jericho had it worked better in his head, but... You know that was kind of dumb. Not but, the biggest fan. Of.
0: Does Claudio still work for WWE, or did he get fired after all that UK stuff? Are they gonna bring in Chris? Does is Chris Hero? Sorry, not Claudio. Are they gonna bring in
1: Chris Hero, versus Claudio? Hey, uh, or, Chris Hero does not work for WWE anymore. He hasn't for a while, so there is a possibility. Um. I know that he's been having problems for a long time with an overactive thyroid. That That is the reason why he put on so much weight. So I don't know if he's been continuously with wrestling and still dealing with that issue. So I don't know. I know he was
0: training at the NXT Performance Center for a while. And then he worked in the UK, whatever their UK fucking shit was. Uh, and they got shit can, So holy shit, that'd be a great match. Chris Hero versus uh, Claudio. We'll take it right back. awesome they can't remember their tag team names but they were great together that'll be fun the gods
1: of wrestling or something like that
0: yeah yeah gods of wrestling yeah uh at that point in time they were the gods of wrestling jesus christ they were so fucking good um yeah they could do something like that also joe can just murder everyone all the time i'm I'm fine with that joe's like claudio are you champion are you sure But yeah, Ring of Honor is more interesting to me than AEW, just because we don't know what's going to go on with that roster. And like a lot of my favorite wrestlers, in theory are slotted on that roster.
1: Yeah. No, there's definitely a lot of good things come out of it. We just need a weekly product and just more information in general about what the fuck's going on. Uh, Tony has said, and he said at the uh, pre-press press. Interview that he doesn't want Rampage and AEW and, uh, to kind of host the championships for Ring of Honor. He wants them to have their own show. So if that's the case, figure it the fuck out. Um, can we know. get
0: Joe? On, can we get Joe on these pressers, please?
1: <laughs> I want to hear him afterwards in character. <laughs> yeah,
0: because he's not going to see him Punk, but he'll see him Punk kind of in a different way. You know what I mean? In that a be-
1: working way
0: yeah in a working way like joe it would be hilarious if if after this pay-per-view they're going to your press conference and joe's eating a goddamn muffin could you imagine
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) but the funny thing is it'd be like more of a shout out from joe than anything else yeah Uh, just just to get the dirt sheets talking um is the
0: fucking best i love some as everyone knows on this goddamn show if you've been listening to this for four years we've got we're like six years now sorry not four years yeah, it's uh, been a while i appreciate you guys thank you for listening but yeah Samojo is still the best <laughs> he's fucking so good <laughs> WWE. why 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 did you you make this main champion and just release him <laughs> and make a vacant
1: title you know he's one of the guys Triple H is gunning for as soon as he's done with his contract. You know 100% like
0: Triple H wants him back. He was like, "Could you imagine Joe, a Samoan named Joe
1: versus <laughs>
0: Samoa Joe?"
1: <laughs> Be Dude, that's good. a great person to put against Roman Reigns, honestly. Especially if he chokes out all the bloodline
0: individually before the match. Like, you know what I mean? Like that that's such an easy story to tell. Samoa Joe is also so good on the fucking mic. Um, Roman reigns is underrated on the mic. He's gotten a lot better uh, but holy shit yeah, we need that. We need Joe versus Roman.
1: Absolutely. All right let's let's uh go over some of these highlights with uh, the shows real quick. First thing to talk about at least is a talking point. So we have Alexa Bliss. She has a match against Bailey. The winner will go against Bianca Belair for the title. She ends up winning. And when she's talking to Bianca, really quick, the symbol, uh, Bray Wyatt symbol, or now I don't even know if it's Bray Wyatt because of what happened last night. You know, it really does look like Bo Dallas is back. I'll just put it. That's what I, I at least got from it because Uncle Howdy is now definitely confirmed as a different character or a different person than Bray. The symbol came on the screen. She puts her in the, uh, uh, what, what, what's, what's, a uh, Bray's maneuver? Sister Abigail.
0: She's yeah, about like to fucking... Twisted Bliss, but that's her, like, half-moon salt thing she does. Uh, no, she
1: puts her in the Sister Abigail. She's about to, like, take her out, and then she kind of comes to and apologizes and leaves, and Bianca's like, what the fuck? <sighs> so I guess there is going to be involvement. Look, if this was just Bo Dallas... And he's gonna build up as this villain from Bray that we're gonna see kind of like a Kane Undertaker, which looks like we're going. I'm fine with it, but like, put Alexa Bliss back as a badass heel. She was actually really good as, like I always said, like kind of like a female Chris Jericho type of concept, personality wise. And now we're we're yeah. we're, we're we're doing this. Alexa Bliss works way
0: better as like that shitty person. That, like when you walk into Abercrombie and Finch, she's like, "Are you sure you want jeans?" <laughs> looks looks at you really hard. <laughs> she works. She works better as that character. So like the, I, I mean, I get it. You like Harley Quinn. We all like Harley Quinn, <laughs> but you're you ain't Harley Quinn. <laughs> Fuck out of here! with That uh, it's terrible. There's Liv Morgan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> You guys are not Margot Robbie. If Margot Robbie decided to wrestle, she'd be, like, number one with a bullet, I bet. Because she's really goddamn good at her job. But, uh, yeah, like, fucking, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's whatever. I'm, I'm excited that Bo Dallas is coming back, and then we're going to get, like, a Kane Undertaker-type feud, which I think they should have done for a long time. I don't understand why Alexa Bliss needs to be part of it. They, like skipped like, they skipped like four years. She's like the Paul Bearer in the scenario. It's like, well, y'all skipped a whole lot of what made Undertaker versus Kane great. Which a lot of people would be like, Undertaker versus Kane wasn't great. I was like, Fool, well, fuck you guys, because Kane's the best.
1: Uh, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, Kane the best. <laughs> Um, the one thing I got to say though that I, I I think I've put over in the past I hope I have and if not I'll do it for the first time for one of the smallest wrestlers and may, might not be the most you know fluid wrestlers they have on the roster in the women's division Alexa Bliss has some of the best punches like her punches always look like they fucking nail them they make a sound um, so as far as working punches I'll give Alexa a lot on that because I was I was I was watching this match and I'm like damn. Just like, I, I don't know what they do. It's British people have it down perfect. If you're a British, your working punch looks fucking amazing. It always makes like a little bit of a sound when you hit them. And they kind of like, you know, shake their hand a lot of times. And I don't know what they're doing to make it like less impactful, but it looks fucking devastating. So Southern boys, I think so- was- Southern boys know how to do the, the working punch pretty well.
0: Goddamn right. What? Um, what? I- anyways alexa bliss is good in ring i've just hated the character for a long time like pretty much since that weird breakup she had with uh nikki ash nikki cross whatever the fuck you want to call her um but they've done nothing with that character and uh you know she got she gets hurt a lot being the smallest person on the roster does not help her because she's not always well like if she's working with Oscar she's fine but if she's working with like Nia Jax 7 times a week yeah holy shit she's going to get <laughs> like <laughs> I, I mean i feel like she had some good matches with like Bailey and uh, Becky and like like she's had good matches you can have her good and
1: Bailey matches. have good chemistry man they definitely do but yeah i don't know
0: she's she's small and when they put her in the ring with with one of their monster women um Maybe, maybe she does too much or lets someone do too much to her, I, sh- I should say, because uh, a lot of her entire career could be summed up to, like, yo, uh, she's out. She got a concussion right now.
1: Yeah, seriously. No, I, I agree. Um, so what, the, big, the big theme of the show was it was uh, Kurt Angle's birthday, I think. And so they had a show in Pittsburgh for him. And it was fine i mean a lot of the interactions were kind of like instead of like reminding me of like the attitude era it was like uh late 2000s like there's like a party in the back and he's there and people are just coming up to him and shit. so to like set up future stuff uh one of the things that came out of it was chad gable having a match with aj style and this goes back to the first time i saw it when when unfortunately jason jordan no, he hadn't hurt himself. He was doing solo stuff on Raw with Kurt Angle as his dad while Chad Gable was wrestling on SmackDown. And one of, the, I think, the first coming out matches for Chad Gable was one he had with AJ Styles on SmackDown. They have incredible chemistry. Great fucking match. AJ ended up winning. I mean, is AJ, like, not one of the best wrestlers? I mean, so, one of the best drop kicks, one of the best springboards. Like, you'd say top five for him for a lot of things. And then we'd end up, obviously, at the end of the night, Chris, with the milk truck. It was fine, you know, but nothing, nothing special, I, I would say. Um, Is AJ top ten favorite wrestlers this year? I don't know. I don't know if he can make it, honestly, because he's now starting to do stuff right at the end, but he's kind of like been in limbo and um, helping
0: people a lot before that. He's he's a weird one because they just put him in matches that don't mean anything. This is kind of a match that didn't mean anything. Is what I what I was getting at. But um, yeah, AJ Styles is fun great. It's a good match.
1: Yeah. Versus no. All- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I will also say that uh, another fun thing. Oscar, two things from this match with Rhea Ripley. Oscar is now in. You know, has no makeup or anything like that. She's very much like her look. And especially in this match, even though Rhea won, there was involvement, obviously, from Dominic that would cause some stuff. And Asuka would end up spraying him in the face. She end up losing because of the distraction itself. But she looked more ferocious and she had her old look. I hope that's something from Triple H letting us know that there's more coming for Asuka. Because he really had her very differently than, obviously, Vince did. So I'm glad there's no fucking makeup. And we'll talk about what happened in the segment afterwards about uh, Dominic's eyes. But (laughs) how how did you like this match?
0: I loved it. I loved everything about this entire segment. This might be my favorite thing from wrestling this week. I'm not going to lie. Especially in the back when Dominic... We'll wait until we get to this segment. But Dominic is, like was great in this segment. So is Rhea. They're their best. Like she's gonna be in my top ten um list for best wrestlers. Yeah. Just heads up, even though she hasn't wrestled that much, as like as a gimmick goes, she's the fucking best. I love Rhea Ripley. It was a good match. Um, and I like this version of Asuka. This is NXT ass kicking Asuka which is amazing and hopefully like Sasha Banks wins the title and guess who shows up it's Asuka
1: and she wants her revenge think yeah, about <laughs> no I'm with you on that man I'm totally with you on that uh yeah so I think I'm combining shows with the whole Kurt Angle thing I think that happened on the Smackdown beforehand but I could be wrong maybe that's where I was going but anyways with this specifically
0: i i got something to say about the Kurt Angle thing was the milk truck spot that important to you guys (laughs) as fans or are you tired of seeing it because i'm fucking completely tired of seeing it
1: yeah you know what if unless it's i don't even want to see austin with the beer truck anymore it's like can we stop like attributing the past you could have done something cooler with kurt angle on the show than just him reliving his past honestly
0: I mean, Kurt Angle, in general, has a lot of great moments. Do we need to just see that one? Put him in the fucking tiny cowboy hat and singing songs and shit. Like, Kurt Angle's great. Sexy Kurt. Milk truck. Yeah, sexy Kurt. <laughs> He'll make your ankle hurt. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, why the oh, fuck? Oh, absolutely. Still, I'm, the milk truck was a thing that he did because Stone
1: Cold did it.
0: Well, so, it's, it was, like,
1: it's like... They have him on just to have Gable Steveson on just so he can, like, wave to people because they're trying to give him the rub. And then he always gets involved with Chad Gable, who obviously makes a lot of sense, too. But that's it. They always just kind of do that. And so where, where are we going with this? Nothing. Here's a milk truck. Remember remember when Kurt Angle was in his prime and he did this? Like, why <laughs> the fuck would you do it now? Imagine being a
0: company paying Gable Stevens so much money to do nothing, basically, and also bringing in a Hall Brother who is probably going to be a better wrestler.
1: That's yeah, it is crazy. I know, I know, I know. They announced it because he he had won at the Olympics, and then he went back to college and he was doing all this sauce. Awesome. I mean, he's one of the best, you know, pound per pound wrestlers, uh, Olympic collegiate wrestlers of all time, statistically, but. You're basically paying to get his name out there, even though you're not having him go in the ring and he still needs a lot of pro wrestling training. It just... uh,
0: He has no personality and he doesn't look like an intimidating force. I don't want to get twisted by this guy, but also I would never enter an amateur wrestling contest against this guy. He has like zero personality, though. Yeah, we're
1: going to have to see what happens when he's done developing himself, but I agree with you. I mean, I don't think Kurt Angle is not going to just give him the rub. Basically.
0: Yeah. Angle just has a lot of personality in general. He looks like a natural charismatic guy. If you look at Kurt Angle, even when he won with a broken freaking neck, you're like, that looks like a very charismatic guy. Gable. Stevenson. Well, you know
1: what, you know, what doesn't help him though is the fact that every time he's there with Kurt Angle, it's always against Chad Gable and Chad Gable literally is like a modern Kurt Henning in a lot of ways.
0: Was, yeah. Chad Gable is better. He, he is the person you should be given the Gable Stevenson push to that we've talked about for years. Um, you know olympic athlete absolutely phenomenal why did he did he do something did he piss in like triple cheerios or something like why the hell is this guy not gotten the push because he's fucking really good and it's been really good for a long time
1: yeah i'm not sure uh what are you gonna do
0: um so uh, yeah the Shout out to Tony Khan, though, for being like, yo, instead of spending a lot of money on some guy that I don't know about, I'll spend it on uh, CM Punk instead. <laughs> talking about Gable Stevens. It's like one of my favorite Tony Khan interviews. Like, yeah, well, they were out there recruiting him, who's not going to wrestle for them for three years. I was trying to lock down CM Punk. Now, granted, we did see how that worked out, but
1: Tony Tony's not going to know that, though. <laughs> pretty funny. <That's>... <laughs> So, let's wrap up Raw, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. Awesome match. Seth Rollins wins by countering a spear. Probably the best time he's ever done this, into a pedigree, because he's tried it before. It doesn't look as great. And then afterwards, Almighty's pissed off. He accidentally spears another. No, he actually just took out the fucking referee. That's right. Adam Pearce comes out and tells him he's fired. And then Bobby Lashley shoves him, and people come out to grab Bobby Lashley. So... What? And then before that, Dolph Ziggler went off about Austin Theory and basically called him a chump. So it looks like we're going to have more match with that. Uh, but yeah, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is fired, Chris. Lashley is in my top ten this year.
0: He's had a hell of a year. Fucking good match. This guy has not had a bad match in the past year. Find one. like bad, Like bad match. This is a guy I absolutely hated like four or five years ago. But goddamn, he got back to the WWE. Uh, they got through that Miro stuff. Even during that time period, which was terrible looking, he's wrestled great. This man's on a different level right now. It's incredible to think about like Bobby Lashley. If you know Bobby Lashley from like early WWF and uh, or WWE and then his run and impact, to see what he has become in WWE right now, it's it's baffling. It's like, holy shit, this guy, he'd never stop trying. He got really good. I mean, he still does look like a baby. Uh, He has a baby head on his giant body. It's weird. But... (laughs) It's true. Uh, He's fucking great. Uh, I I like this a lot. I want to see where this plays out, because I I love, like, Seth and and, uh, Bobby and Austin Theory all kind of being the mix together, because I feel like that's good chemistry. Um between those cats, but uh, biggest takeaway is uh, he Bobby Lashley has changed my mind about Bobby Lashley after having 10 years of reasons to not like Bobby Lashley.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, I'm not sure where they're going with this, but my idea is that Bobby Lashley is going to bring up one way or another, the fact that Adam Pierce has allowed Brock Lesnar to do a lot worse, including fucking F5 his ass and not get suspended for it. Because what I'm thinking is no matter what, the rubber match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar is going to be at WrestleMania. Unless Brock can't do it, and it's going to be at Royal Rumble, but I feel like they're going to pivot his storyline in that direction from this whole entire thing. Because, honestly, it is bullshit that he gets in trouble for this, but Brock Lesnar did whatever the fuck he wanted half the goddamn time, including actually giving an F5 to Adam Pearce and not getting in trouble for it. So, I don't know. No, no, he got in trouble for that. They they
0: suspended him or whatever. They They gave, like, a ridiculous amount of fine. Remember, it was like $1 million or something.
1: I don't remember i'm not saying that There's, you're wrong i'm just saying that like uh, it's it's been a while
0: it was weird cowboy brock when he was building up that feud with roman uh which best brock by the way is cowboy brock this is my new favorite motherfucker of all time <laughs> but yeah like i don't think it was that out of place like it's kind of consistent in what they do because they did the same thing with uh ronda right for the suspension and stuff when she got all up in adam pierce's uh Shit. Also, one of the best promos WWE's had in a long time. Adam Pierce <laughs> cutting a promo on Ronda was pretty good.
1: All of us love Scrap Daddy. Um. But yeah, not shout, shout out. Actually, I gotta say, Adam Pierce. The way that he handles his fucking Facebook and communicating with people is great because he'll have some dribbling idiots just go off on his booking. A lot of them just hate Roman Reigns and they'll bitch about whatever. And so like his response always to them is like, thank you so much for being a fan of pro wrestling and keep on watching us. Like, that's it. Like something on that line is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he's always just super nice. They'd be like,
0: Adam Pearce eats shit for a living. And he's like, thank you. We'll try harder.
1: It's, yeah, and then he made a post literally that was like, look, if you if you give me, you know, if you tell me what I should be doing my job or anything like that, this is the only way I'm going to interact you. That's that's just that's it. Sorry, basically I'm not going to fight with you over my computer. Fucking it makes, idiots. It makes it makes me
0: sad we never actually got the Adam Pearce match. They built it up like he was going to wrestle, and I was like, well, Adam Pearce is fucking great. I watched him have an NWA title match against Colt Cabana and Gunner back like circa 2011. Um, that's a great fucking wrestler. So I hopefully at, at some point down the line if you're gonna make him an authority figure instead of doing like the vince thing it's an authority figure that can't wrestle Adam Pierce actually can <laughs> that's, yeah that's why it would be fun um but yeah no nah, he's he's a, he's a cool character and i I also love his Facebook stuff because it's like it, he is basically me being like don't get in the comment section
1: <laughs> yep all right uh let's talk about some highlights for aw winner is coming jungle hook yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me just say that when you have a better like your first winner is coming has been your best and it was during the fucking pandemic uh well,
0: well that was steam's debut there so that's like kind of hard to to be kind of this, to I'm sorry,
1: I'm going to be really hard with this. Other than Chris Jericho putting over Action uh, Moretti or whatever the fuck his name is. That's um,
0: a stupid name. I I, I know the guy's a good wrestler, but fucking
1: Action Andretti is a stupid name. I don't even know if he's a great wrestler, but because I've never heard of him before this, but he had a great match with Jericho at least. Um, obviously, Jericho saw something in him, but if Jericho...
0: Mr. Lionheart himself was not, like, Action Andretti is a stupid fucking name, then, like, I don't
1: know what we were doing anymore. What I'm what I'm trying to get at is I thought this fucking sucked. This, this, the MJF fucking match with Ricky Starks was a good match, but it wasn't anything special at all. And then Ricky loses, and we're going right over to, which, I mean, it gets, I get we, we can have that later again, too, because he got fucked over and kicked in the balls. But I just thought the show was like, I was expecting more. You guys act like this is like a small pay-per-view. And I, I mean, did anyone give a flying fuck about the Soho-Melo match? Um, uh, how about the, the even though I think at the beginning, you know, Death Triangle and, and the Elite were doing more actual tag team stuff, at least on the Elite side. And I like that stuff with Nick Jackson. Harding himself and coming back. It's just... I don't know. It's the same fucking shit. My, my family texted me about this while it was
0: happening. And they're like, look, I love Kenny Omega and the Bucks. I think they're very entertaining. And I also love the Lucha Brothers. But I don't need to see this every week. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Subs it up.
1: Yeah, and Rick Knox should be just fucking crucified. My but God. That- Kenny Omega
0: is back in his fucking groove, though. Let's talk about that for just a second. Before I mean, I'm gonna shit on that match regardless because I don't think we need seven of these. Um, but holy shit, Kenny Omega is flowing again. Guys, moving. Yeah, he's he's still incredible, man. I he's a hundred percent back from the injury at this point, and it
1: <laughs> it fucking shows. So even like uh, like I like the return of House of Black. They destroyed the factory, but. Still don't know how, how much I really care about this at the same time because there's still a group, and I think that's what took away from it. I wish, honestly, that Malachi was just by himself, but not going to probably get that. And like I said, it, Dax Andretti with Chris Jericho, it was out of nowhere. It was really cool. It shows a little bit of uh, aggravation with Daniel, who watches Sammy lose last night, and before that gets told from Jericho that he needs a uh, basically work underneath uh, Sammy for losing his title, even though Jericho lost his title, and then would go on to lose against this. You know, they, they basically had like, a extended match, one, two, three, kid, Razor Ramon-style match. And it was shocking. It was out of nowhere. It was great to see the audience go from let's-go-jobber to actually, like, cheering for him towards the end of it. But, like I said, this is a fucking normal episode of goddamn Dynamite, and it wasn't even that great of a Dynamite. To be honest with you, I've seen the the card last week before this was awesome. I just thought that this one was kind of like lackluster. And I didn't really care as much. And it's supposed to be like a mini pay-per-view, Chris. Yeah, uh,
0: you summed it up perfectly talking about like one, two, three kids roll up went on Razor. Because that's what this kind of was. And also whoever was doing fucking camera work for this match is incredible. Because, like, when Jericho hooks him to, to go into the second lion, lion Tamer, it it spans away, kind of like they do the best friend's hug. It's spanned away, and Jericho has this, like, shit-eating granny. He's like, oh, this nerd. I just called him. He's done. And then he gets rolled up. It's fucking good. Jericho put that kid over, like, a million fucking bucks. Um action andretti is never gonna get over as a wrestling game though so figure figure that shit out but this is a good match there was one really cool moonsault that uh andretti hit and jericho's like i guess i'm gonna catch him
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i mean it was like it was like one of those kind of like teddy hart type moonsaults where like time and space like freezes you know what i mean like Like, he did it with his legs close together when he hit the moonsault. You know, a lot of people do that big, like, V-leg moonsault type thing. Nope, this looked like a gymnast (laughs) moonsault. I could see what what Jericho uh, likes about the guy, for sure. And they definitely had a Jericho-ass Jericho match. (laughs) But it was a really good match, especially for the first time I've seen this guy. I haven't been watching him on Dark and shit. I'm sure he's wrestled action Andrade is a, a fucking terrible name especially if you're already associated with action bronson who is a better name yeah if you're gonna use action as a first name um outside of that this match is fucking great good for jericho you put a guy over i don't know that i would have had jericho lose the title and then lose to some guy we've never heard of on tv but that's
1: uh <laughs> yeah my, my my biggest thing is like there isn't someone that could use a win from Chris Jericho on the roster than this guy I've never heard about before him. But that's I don't
0: know. Uh, yeah, but but I can't I can't bitch about that though, because Jericho might just be on his way out for a little bit to do like a tour or something. And uh if they're gonna book action in Dreddy versus, you know, Sammy Guevara for the next couple of months. That's not that's not the worst way you could go. We always bitch about like uh he, not doing something with chris and he did put over a young star that we've never heard of so like the crowd will be behind him the next time he comes out and uh the biggest thing is don't have lose like next week don't have him lose (laughs) you know that's the that's the the caveat so i can't bitch too much because we constantly bitch about uh people coming up random and like never getting put over or losing like ar fox is a good example even though he did get put over in the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Like, he showed up, he did all these huge spots,
1: and then he just got pinned in both his matches. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Compared to a random guy that might be on a bunch of, like, smallest promotions I've never heard of, give that win to an AR Fox. That's all yeah, I'm saying. AR Fox is that guy for a lot of people, though. We just
0: know him because he's from it here. <laughs>
1: from it All right. Here. Well, if you're gonna do a random guy to like the audience, do it with someone that's had a little bit more. I don't know. But then again, Jericho's put over fucking Eddie Kingston, then he disappeared afterwards. So, you know, Jericho really did put this guy over though, like fucking hard. Like
0: like I said, they had a WWE ass Jericho match. Like thing. no, they,
1: they um, did. What I'm saying is is they could he could have done that to someone that could actually use it more so than random dude, but
0: we'll Wait, see what happens
1: I'm, with action and
0: yeah i was gonna say we don't know this guy could be the next huge superstar i mean not with that name but you know could, could be something obviously jericho saw something at him because he sold his ass off this was like HBK
1: jericho match essentially that's they basically did that match <laughs> yeah and another thing is obviously this is one thing i have to say and i'll say it similar to uh to jeff jarrett is that chris jericho is a legend so he knows how to manipulate the crowd the crowd was ridiculous the opposite of that when it comes to heel is when fucking the acclaim came out they're doing their rap and who comes out and beats the shit out of them Jay lethal and fucking uh sanjay Dutt, saddam <laughs> singh and jeff jarrett and jeff jarrett is getting such great heat man i know he's a heat magnet but man, they fucking hated him, and the way that he reacts to the audience members, it was it was it was really good, man. I mean, that those are the things. It's like you can bitch about having legends involved, and you know some of the guys might not want to go to these guys and and talk to them of how they did certain things. But Chris Jericho and Jeff Jarrett, two guys that prove if you're heel trying to go for it, trying to get your your baby face over, look at what Jericho did for that guy, Action Andretti. And then if you're a heel trying to fucking get heat on someone, the way that they were able to do that with uh with the acclaim was pretty good based on the audience. Is double J
0: the most underrated wrestling wrestler because people hate him because they impact?
1: Yeah, I would say so, man. I mean, he's underrated
0: as fuck. Jeff Jarrett's great. Also, we have an interview with Jeff Jarrett. You guys can go listen to before his hauling. Uh, Hall of Fame induction that that, that Dane did. Jeff Jarrett, nice guy. Turns out my
1: favorite interview of all time, honestly. Uh, great fucking guy,
0: and uh, I think he's underrated as fuck. I think he has made a lot of very stupid business decisions and <laughs> should not have hung out with Vince Russo that much. But great wrestler and knows what he's doing uh, in the ring and psychology wise and doesn't do anything super hard he's like this match is going to be super simple you're never even going to film me uh which is like what you would want as jeff Jarrett's opponent he's like i'm never going to touch you but it's going to look amazing (laughs) he's he's fucking good we really should have gotten a best of seven with jeff and like hbk that's the, the those matches have been fucking incredible
1: Yeah, because their one match is fucking incredible at SummerSlam for the IC title. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. Jeff is just – he understands how to make people dislike him. He just gets that better than most people, and he's great at pulling it off. And that was a – I don't know if if I can just say it was his idea, but, yeah, the acclaimed are so over. So what do you do? You rush them during their fucking rap so they can't even finish it and just beat the ever-loving dog shit. You got four on two. So Jeff doesn't even have to attack them; he just gets to like stir up the audience at the end of it because he's it, the other three guys are beating the crap out of him for him. So of course he's gonna get heat.
0: Yeah, Jeff. I Jeff's, mean,
1: he's fucking great, dude. It's he, he's a way better wrestler
0: than he is a booker. Yes. <laughs> <Let's> yes. <say. laughs> um, I get that it was annoying that he was a, the the title holder for so long, but then if you look at like what was happening in TNA at the time, it's like. Okay, well, would you really have taken the belt off Jeff Jarrett to put it on, like, one of the Harris brothers? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's easy to bitch about, because I watched all this, and I bitch about it all the time, because the impact going impact. But, uh, like, you going to put it on Raven? You, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, there's a reason why Jeff Jarrett booked himself as, like, winning the title each time, or, or continuing to have the title. It's because he looked at that roster and was like, we gonna put th- we're gonna put this on like seventy five year old Sabu, seems like a bad idea. That being said, I love Sabu, but like some of the oh. people that I'm feuding with, that's one of those like a uh, in retrospect, like young me who bitched about stuff on the internet was like, goddamn Jeff Jarrett always goes over. But then going yeah. and looking at that roster, it'd be like, there's a reason why Jeff Jarrett. I just went over knowing everyone's story for that like after. Uh the only exception would be like any match he had with AJ Styles would you know AJ should have been their guy. AJ and Samojo was always the impact guys. It sucks that they're never we're probably never gonna see them return back to Impact and that makes me sad.
1: Yeah, that is a a very good point. But maybe we will because, you know, there is still somewhat of an interaction between uh, aw and impact mainly with Frankie kazarian since he's still cashed in he's eventually going to get his championship match after uh obviously um the feud with bully ray um so maybe maybe uh, it would just be great to see fucking jeff jarrett on impact just getting booed by the audience especially like those audience members the diehards for impacts would definitely be pissed off well, such we- a great fucking heel they did that fucking weird tribute show you watched, and they even brought like
0: um, – uh, well, yeah, oh, god damn it. Why can't I not think of his name? Uh, James Storm. They brought James Storm back. Remember they were doing that entire yep. thing? Had Rock cut a promo. I was like, wouldn't it make the absolute most sense if, if if fucking Jeff Jarrett just showed up and gave someone a fucking like guitar shot? but impact going to impact. <laughs> like, Jeff Jarrett is the legacy of impact. Whether, whether you like impact or not, he is the legacy. It is him. It's his company. So, he
1: started it. Are you saying it's, it's not necessarily my world. It's his world. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: people hate that theme song, but it's, to me, it's the most hilarious theme song in wrestling.
1: I, I love ever. that damn theme song. I think it's I, I great.
0: Keeps it. It's stupid. It's like it's just dumb. It's like it's
1: like it's so dumb. <laughs> like it's just to me. Bad. To me, it it perfectly makes you wanna get pissed off at the person, very similar to Randy Orton's first theme music. Like whenever, like, you know, Randy's first like, Hey, you know, that that, that oh, song so was like that. <laughs> So you it just it just made you like feel arrogance and this fucking dickhead and he's got the goddamn pyro coming off the metal part shooting straight up you know right above his head and his pose like you know it was so pretentious like the music was like it great heel music just like jeff jarrett's uh, my world music man my
0: my world to me is like one of the best heel theme songs because at the same time jeff jarrett seems like a guy that would invite you to a nickel concert or some shit
1: <laughs> i <know>? might <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, you know he really believes that that is a good song <laughs> no, That is not the part that makes the song great it's great because jeff dear, thinks it's great <laughs> so funny anyways right. we, we put over double j a lot i guess today
1: well you know maybe me and your interpretation of double j changed after that interview because he was such a cool nice guy like you know just seemed very humbled and like, you know, when he thought that the interview was going to go a certain way and I start talking about his match with Nick Bockwinkle from the fucking 80s when he's still in Tennessee, you know, he I, I feel like he just appreciated the fact that the questions that we came up with weren't just normal fucking questions. So and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I inspired his speech at the Hall of Fame. I did. I take yeah, credit for that. You,
0: you totally did. You, you should take credit for that because, like, everyone else would have been like, remember that time you were in WWF with Road Dog?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just
0: like, just can every you imagine? Interviews. It's like, Jeff Jarrett did a lot, y'all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the fact that, you know, he wrestled Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles both in their primes? Like, it's, what's the difference between them and the ring, you know? That's like Jordan LeBron. And uh, I mean,
0: not only that, he was the only person that had the balls to be like, I'm, I'm, I'll go against Vince and came close to actually, you know, doing it. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, it, once WCW died and got bought, obviously, like there's there, there's been wrestling. Ring of Honor was there. NWA was still around. Uh, he, he was like, all right, here's a cool concept. And we're going to do weekly pay-per-views. And we're definitely going to go after the WCW, WCW audience. We want them part of this. Like, Jeff Jarrett's kind of a goddamn genius
1: in a lot of yeah. ways. Like, it was, it, it, it's not Pat even, still is, a, is still around. <laughs> well, it's, he knew it wasn't just WCW audience. He was also going for, not to the extent that CZW did, but like a lot of the ECW audience too. By having a lot of their fucking alumni there and doing the Monster Ball matches and shit with Abyss. I mean, very, very smart company owner, honestly, for where he was. And then uh, people like Eric Bischoff and fucking Vince Russo and fucking uh, Dixie Carter fucked all that shit up.
0: Yeah, the problem is is that they tried to do WWE stuff. As soon as they stopped being TNA TNA and started trying to do WWE stuff, you're not going to win that war.
1: No. Not at all,
0: and and AEW is going to learn that real quick too, because they're very much trying to do the same thing. We're going to do WWE stuff. It's like you're not gonna you're not gonna
1: out WWE WWE. It's a machine. No. All right, well, let's go over a couple of highlights from SmackDown, and also Rampage, and get out of here. Um, I think the biggest thing is the IC cha- championship match that happened last night. Uh, but there's three big highlights. Uh, to me. L.A. Night, we had this concept in which they were going to show us this footage that happened after the attack where Uncle Howdy was in the locker room. L.A. Night came in there, lights go out. He he hit some with some type of objects, gets knocked unconscious. That's all we saw. So they got a QR code sent to this, what Michael Cole said, to the announcers, who Michael Cole also said, because it, I, I don't know, I think it was just his birthday, but, uh, you know, he said, welcome to SmackDown, you know what time, or you know what, he he was giving a tribute to Brody Lee because his birthday, which I thought was really cool. Um, it's good seeing the fact that, you know, it sucks that he wasn't utilized to the best, especially, well, mainly in WWE, but that both AEW and WWE put such a uh, tribute to him um, is nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just getting back to that, so they got a QR code. It's kind of like a hostage thing where Uncle Howdy has L.A. Knight. He's got, you know, uh, he's taped to a chair. Can't say shit. He's got tape over his mouth and has a, uh, a bandana over that as well. And he's kind of fucking with him and torturing him. And then we go to L.A. Knight, who's actually in the arena, very disgruntled, goes to the ring. Uh, basically, the the thing they're doing with this and what's fucking it up is because of all the stupid shit with Dexter Loomis and Miz. They're trying to actually take it seriously with this whole thing. But they already introduced us to that. So in, in, in ways, it's kind of like taken away from this whole entire storyline, which is actually really good. LA Knight comes out, calls out Bray Wyatt, says that he knows that he's the one doing this. Bray comes out. He's like, you got it all wrong. He says, I have nothing to do with this whole entire thing. That's not me. You know, L.A. and I won't believe him. Then we go to the screen and we have this video of Uncle Howdy. And then for the first time, Uncle Howdy comes to the ramp. And. All right, so this guy, I don't know it's Bo Dallas, but he's got the same fucking earring that everyone pointed out on one of his ears with his Uncle Howdy mask. And he also, now, I see him size, looks about the same fucking size as Bo Dallas. You can see the black, long hair coming out in the back. It just seems like this has to be fucking true. So he's laughing. The whole arena is erupted by this laughter that's, like, very loud. To Bray Wyatt, who keeps on, you know, looking at him, looking really in fear, and then looking back at L.A. Night and laughing as well, maniacally. and. Then it goes to break, so uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's pretty weird. Like I said, I think I think the storyline's going good, and I like that we have such a different concept with L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt, and we're introducing Uncle Howdy. I don't like the fact that we're also kind of hinting at stuff with Alexa Bliss, I already said that, and the whole Dexter Lumis fucking Miz thing made a farce out of this concept that they're trying to utilize now and it would have been a really effect effective if they didn't fucking just do that and make a joke out of it. So there's that as well. So I, I don't know. I like this stuff, but I need now more between whoever and, uh, I don't know, an exact confirmation that's Bo Dallas would be nice. Chris, what do you think?
0: Someone on Twitter, at Chris Arpad, send me a good fucking Bray match. And don't say Bray versus Undertaker, because that was not a good match. Um, don't say Bray versus Danielson, because that's just Brian Danielson. So that 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 doesn't count because Brian Danielson's uh he's basically God. Is is Bray Wyatt the weakest person that's ever been in his own faction, like as a leader? Like when you think about the other wrestlers that are around him, <laughs> is he is he that guy? like if disco inferno started a fucking faction
1: uh <laughs> bro i mean i put bray wyatt over eric rowan and fucking braun Strowman.
0: i don't i don't
1: not not as far as having quality matches i don't well i think i think many people we, we, we have to get to a match with them but how did you like this type of interaction and the fact that the other person came out I think it's cool as fuck. I love the Bo Dallas stuff. If
0: if it is Bo Dallas, that's amazing. I probably would have went about it a little different than they did. I, pro- I don't think you need the mysticism, really, for a brother versus brother feud. You can do it because it's Bray, um, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, Bo Dallas has a lot of reasons to be pissed off at Bray Wyatt. That It has nothing to do with the cult and, uh, like bray being weird bray you know he has a lot of reasons to be pissed off like i i'm the better wrestler of the family and you somehow are on tv every week that that's the feud right there it's one heart bret Hart. just do that that's why i, I did, like that that's why i kicked the leg out of your leg like you don't i like it i get it it's cool it is very taker cane like we brought up earlier um but yeah, it, I mean it's for sure Bo Dallas, and Bo Dallas is definitely the better wrestler of the two. Especially oh, yeah. if you watch him in Florida Championship Wrestling against um, Ricky Steamboat's kid, which sucks that that, that he got injured so hard because Ricky Steamboat's kid—I can't think of his name right now. Richie. But yeah, he was—he was incredible, and him and Bo Dallas had absolute bangers uh, of matches in FCW. So it.
1: It's, you know what sucks no one televised it but him and um at just like a random ass indie show him and reed flair had some matches and no one decided to record it they're like this is not important at all because you know yeah one's rick flair's son and the other one's ricky Steamboat's son but
0: you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever no one, no one cares.
1: everyone is macho man's son Oh yeah. oh, yeah, You know, Jay Lethal's my son, and Zack Ryder's my son. I mean, uh, not Zack Ryder, uh, I mean, uh, you know, that yep. Cardona. You won- <laughs> cream of the crop. I put my cream in their crops.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, all right, so SmackDown, another big thing that happened last night. A awesome match, Ricochet and Gunther. Gunther won back the IC Championship. But I see what Triple H is doing, making Ricochet win the whole entire tournament. And they had a fucking great match. At first, Gunther was definitely on the offensive. And then Ricochet, because of his agility and because of his quickness, definitely turned it around, started getting Gunther. And Gunther even put him in a powerbomb. Fucking Ricochet got out of that. So he went for his new finisher, which is interesting. It's like a... It's like a body slam. You start off like that, but instead of just throwing them, you come down like a power slam and actually go with...
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a blue thunder bomb, basically. Right? Is that what you're talking about? Also, I lost you, or you muted yourself, but...
1: No, it's once again, even though I have it on mute, uh, my fucking phone, if someone calls, just try it. You know, whatever. Fuck you, Skype! Anyways. But yeah. um, you're talking about, but uh, shout out to the opponent because he
0: went up super light to get yeeted that way. I don't know that's going to happen every time.
1: Dude, they're both so good at their individual cons. Like, uh, another thing that was really cool Gunther is now doing the underhook suplex, which is one of Andre's finishers. Um, Rick-, Rick Flair was actually known for it as well. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but I love the way they're using Gunther. It's just like NXT UK, you know, it's just this, this dominant fucking, you know, wrestler, but you use him sparingly, you know, and just keep him as a champ. And when he has a match, he has a fucking match. And him and Ricochet killed it. I thought even though Ricky lost in this match, I thought that Ricochet still like he won like he got over even though he lost in this match. And I like the way that triple H is using him as an underdog. Um I thought this was great all the way around. And I'm curious of what what direction they're going to go in next, Chris. I'm going to go on a limb and say that Ricochet is HBK's pet project. I could see that totally. He's such a perfect baby face, man. I mean, out of the land of people that can straight, like, just stay as babyface, there's only a couple, man. There's Rey Mysterio, which obviously he idolizes. There's Steamboat. There's Ricky Morton. If you have Triple H and fucking Shawn Michaels, people like that trying to help you out, you know, I, I I think that he doesn't have the best charisma. He kind of struggles a bit on the mic. I mean, he but does. When you, Put a mask when you, on.
0: That's, that's on you guys as a company. Yeah.
1: But. but when you get him in the ring, man, he can tear shit up. And him and he took some chops. Motherfucker looked like he had a third nipple because he got hit so hard right next to his nipple. There was a welt. And like on his left pec, it really looked like he legitimately had two nipples from fucking getting chopped so hard but both those guys i mean two of the best wrestlers overall in the ring it doesn't matter if they have i mean obviously uh, walter has the ic belt but when it comes to being able to perform in the ring they're two of the best and they had a great fucking match and walter won i mean I keep on forgetting to call him by his uh wwe name Gunther. Gunther, he won but i thought it was was pretty good at the same time um the way they went about it. And Ricochet, I think, like I said, he won even though he lost.
0: Yeah, it's HBK versus Taker.
1: Yes, very much.
0: It's, it's just that. It's like, you're going to lose. And he's like, okay. And it's like, but you're going to get yourself way over here. Yep. <laughs> this is very much that match. That's why I said it seemed like a... Like, HBK has a pet project, especially with uh, Ricochet specifically. He's given Ricochet a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, he's losing matches, but at least they're meaningful now. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's getting the biggest spots in those matches, even if he's losing uh, kind of stuff. So it's uh, – I, I don't know this for sure. It's not a fact. No one texted me from WWE to let me know, but – it seems like HBK has a pet project in and, and Ricochet <laughs> because that was a fucking HBK ass match. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to lose, but I'm going to do all the
1: biggest selling of all time. He <laughs> was great, man. Uh, which is very, very... very, very he made life. it believable by his intensity and his aggression, along with obviously his agility and speed, that he could start actually getting the advantage against someone like fucking... Walter, you know it just it was ridiculous. Or Gunther, I mean, um, very Sean Michaels ass Sean Michaels match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, if anything, he learned from Sean. He was one of Sean's students during that time period. It was him, Gargano, Malachi Black, uh, Adam Cole, uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Those were Sean's kids. Roderick Strong, you know, so they were a very important class. So I wouldn't. Be surprised if not only he learned all that from him, but if Sean's also helping him out, like you're suggesting afterwards, because it's very s- similar types of things, you know, but there's always going to be, like I said, that pure babyface type of concept that Ricochet has going for him that I don't ever want to see him heal. I, don't, I I think it would be stupid. It'd be like Steamboat or fucking or uh, Red Mysterio going to heal. No one wants to see that. Yeah. So. It's just, it just sucks because they torched
0: him so hard with that superhero gimmick and all the and just losing match after match after match after match. Rick Shane, when we first started this podcast, he was like number three of my top ten wrestlers that year coming from Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very annoying. <laughs> he has been so bad for so long. It's not it's not even his fault, you know. Like the guy's fucking incredible. Uh, so I love this, and this definitely feels like little hands of Sean uh, getting involved, or at least it did to me. I watched this match. I was like, "That's if HBK was that athletic, he would, he would. This would be an HBK match." <laughs> like if you, he's like, "I'm gonna sell forever, but I'm gonna get the biggest spots. I'm gonna take the loss, but I'm gonna make sure that I look better than you do, uh, even taking the loss, which is exactly what happened." And uh, man. Ricochet could be someone that wins money in the bank or something like that. because we know the the rumble's kind of messed up just because of what they got going on for Mania this year. But uh he could win like money in the bank or something and go on like a Sean role, uh kind yep. of thing. Like the the because when Sean first won the title against Brett, he it's the boyhood dream was achieved. Like you were not he was not supposed to win. Right? Like that's that's part of what it's the Daniel Bryan thing as well, and WWE does a really good ass job of doing that story. They try to do it too much, and sometimes, like especially if the wrestlers suck, <laughs> we don't want to see them lose every week because they're not good enough. Like Daniel Bryan, yes, you can have Daniel Bryan lose every week and he's still going to look good, or you can have Ricochet lose every week and he's still going to look look good, or HBK lose every week and they're still going to look good. You can't do that with everybody.
2: You no. got to pick one,
0: and. Yep. Uh, he he seems like a pet pet project. Ricochet is gonna skyrocket this year. Uh, I'll put I'll put money on that. I got I got five on that, <laughs>
1: Dane. I've got five on it. Um, yeah. So, and I agree with you. Um, but the last big thing that happened on SmackDown last night they to this with uh you know the Bloodline's all gonna be together again. Roman's gonna be on the show. Uh, they had Sammy and Jay and uh, Jimmy Uso. You know, first get there, and the whole entire thing is they're telling Sammy, who's nice and dressed up, has his hair a certain way, his beard's trimmed up all nice, he's got a suit, you know, that he got uh, tailored. And um, they're all like, I think you're going to be made, man. I think that you're going to become Sammy Uso. Like, you're going to actually not be an honorary Uso. You're going to be like, Roman's going to put you over. And Jay and him are really telling him that. So Roman gets there, and he's just with Paul Heyman. Um, he basically announces a match where he wants him and Sammy to go against Kevin Owens and an opponent of his choosing. And, you know, Paul, Paul Pierce is like, Oh, well you don't, you don't go on the show. So you want this at Royal Rumble? I'm assuming tribal chief and uh, him and Paul Heyman decide, no, we're going to do this at, before the end of the year. So not next week, but the week after that, they're going to be going against Kevin Owens and opponent of his choosing and at one part jimmy comes in the room and says hey look i like sammy a lot i think that you should make him i think he should be officially sammy uso he's one of us but just to let you know i'm still you guys are my actual family you know you my two brothers that's my family so whatever decision you make is fine you know and so roman's thinking about it they all come out at the end of the show." And Roman basically tells Sammy, he's like, you know, I was going to make you an honorary use, but we we still have an issue, man. And, like, everyone's like, what? Like, you know, they're proposing the concept. And I was like, if they do this now, this fucks everything up. That maybe Roman was going to turn on Sammy. It's like, no, you know, he loves Sammy the most. <laughs> he loves, not only does he love Sammy, but he wants him and Sammy. He tells him to go against Kevin Owens, an opponent of his choosing. And he's, that's basically going to be his like make or break thing for Sammy. Will Sammy go against his buddy Kevin Owens because Sammy at one part fucks up and says that I'm I'm Kevin Owens' only friend now. So who the hell does he have? And everyone's looking at him. And He's like he was my friend is what I meant to say.
0: <sighs> I don't I don't
1: so, know, I don't know Cody Rhodes' timeline, but doesn't this seem like a perfect spot
0: to bring Cody Rhodes back in?
1: Well, we found out who it was uh, on the screen who everyone forgot they announced two weeks ago that John Cena was going to be on the SmackDown. John Cena comes out.
0: That's also perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't get to watch all the SmackDowns so My bad.
1: No, 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 you're fine. John Cena comes out. He said that Kevin Owens uh, messaged him. Hey, peacemaker. Um, I need some help out. Uh, you know, this was basically right before him when he saw that Roman announced this concept and you have a partner. Are you doing anything this? And then like, Eagle emoji. Um, I don't know. John Cena was funny. You just got to go back and watch it. He made he made it hilarious, and he basically said like it will be me and Kevin Owens, and two Smackdowns in Tampa Bay against you and Sammy, because the whole thing is. And this is actually another cool tie-in. He said that, and I don't know who fucking realized this, but this was a really good point. He's like, I have had a match, and several matches, obviously at some points, and every fucking year for the last like 15 years i think he said except for 2022 and so this is the only chance i can put a match on this date so that's like the whole thing is like john cena wants to have a fucking match this year to keep on that con like keep on doing that concept and why not him and his uh old buddy kevin owens if you will going against roman and sammy so i'm excited about this i think it's awesome and we're progressing the story Pretty fucking well, Chris, I think.
0: Yeah, Steven is their fallback plan if Rock doesn't turn out, I guess, for Roman and Mania.
1: Probably, yeah. I would assume so. Uh it's great, man,
0: because like if you remember the storyline, the NXT champion, uh, Kevin Owens, murdered <laughs> absolutely murdered sammy zane sammy Zayn went to the main roster he, he was the first person to accept the uh challenge from john cena the us open challenge and had a great match with him and then cena had several follow-up great matches with kevin owens after that um so it's kind of fun to see that come back in full circle hopefully they talk about it a bit more but yeah uh, no kidding yeah because Cena. i mean because cena got beat by kevin owens like he got beat by the nxt champion it's like that that makes the nxt brand look better and also like anyone can lose like <laughs> on any day i love stuff like that uh you know kevin owens also putting the boot on the the us championship and holding up the nxt title uh was pretty a, a pretty great moment and uh yeah i don't know That's gonna be it's gonna be real fun seeing him in fucking <laughs> His worst enemy, basically, together as a, as, a, as a tag team, him and Kevin. That's very Macho Man and uh, Hulk Hogan, if they're going to get along. Because Kevin could snap at any moment and just powerbomb this motherfucker on the apron, which would also be great. There's so much you can do with this. This is amazing. Uh, Paul Heyman is booking all of this.
1: Absolutely. He definitely is. He's doing a great job. <laughs> I brought that up
0: on... Uh, uh, Tom's podcast, Main Event Podcast. Check that out. Tom Clark's Main Event Podcast. Pretty good. Um, I brought it up when, when we were talking. I was like, for the past two years, has Paul Haven actually been the best promoter in wrestling, but no one's going to call him a promoter or booker because he technically works under a, an umbrella. But if you think about like Roman and Brock and, and what they've done with that storyline, that's all Paul Haven.
1: Yeah. No, it is. Definitely is. And the best storyline, like I said, the only thing that's somewhat as intriguing is the rise of MJF, but this is the number one storyline has been for a while, is Roman Reigns, the bloodline, everything involved with it. And now there's another added little part in it. His old buddy John Cena coming out. You know, you said macho, man. To me, it's more like Piper and and Hulk Hogan saying, fuck it, let's take out these two assholes and working together. Even though they're not supposed to, since they have not had the best, you know, uh, they're not, they're not, they, they shouldn't be considered friends at all. Uh, Kevin Owens and fucking John Cena.
0: Very Sting Hogan, as well. Yes. When they used to do that in WCW, um, which led to the, the NWO. <laughs> Whose side are they on? <laughs> Who, yeah, but who's, God damn it, Bobby Heenan. Your greatest, one of the greatest announcers of all time. How do you fuck that one up? Cheers. Um yeah. I, I, I incredible. I mean, like, who doesn't want to see that match? It's gonna be a great fucking match. Like they're gonna send Kevin in to carry most of it. He's gonna be taking bumps from everybody. And then Sammy's gonna take like seventeen thousand Cena bumps and get a hot tag. Like it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a really good match. And WWE has that advantage over AEW with stuff like that, where it feels like it's important.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: But, because AEW gives you thirty minute matches all the time, so every match is that. Whereas, like, if Roman wrestles thirty minutes, that's like that's a big deal, you know. Like that that's that's the thing about booking an AEW versus WWE is like, yes, we build we build champions and we build these stories. Like if John Cena coming back is a huge fucking deal, and if he's gonna even wrestle five minutes in this match. And it, it could be the slowest match of all time. It will still be bigger than whatever AEW comes up with. Unless Okada, could shoot, Okada shows up and he's like, "Fucking me and, me and Omega.
1: Um, well, it's it's it, and this can kind of uh, be a transition into the last show. You know, I, I kind of said Moxley was positioned as the guy over in his company. Unless, she, I mean, there's an argument for MJF, there's an argument for Kenny Omega, there's definitely that. But I look at John Moxley as a guy It's like, put the title on, it will, you know, he'll always be good with it. And you have his old fucking shill partner, Roman Reigns. Roman shows up when he's supposed to, much like what they're doing with, uh, with Walter, uh, you know, um, Gunther. He shows up when he's supposed to. He has the match, and that's where his, his mystique come from. Then you'll have John Moxley in a fucking match starting off on Rampage with Sammy Guevara, in which they beat the living fuck out of each other. And at one part, during, and this must have really pissed off afterwards, John Moxley. So I was joking about it. I thought his, his eardrum was busted open. No, what happened was, and I don't know if he just was sick of having the earring, so he was going to do the surgery to cover it up. Uh, But they decide to have a spot where fucking Sammy rips out his earring. Uh, And it happened during the commercial break. And he's bleeding everywhere from the ear. Towards the end, he got Sammy in a sleeper hold. Sammy gets away from that. He gets him back in a sleeper hold. Sammy gets away from that. uh, Does some big moves, but then immediately puts him in the bulldog choke. Sammy almost gets the ropes. He gets him switched arms to his right arm, his dominant arm, and finally gets Sammy to go night night, if you will. But it was bloody. It was all over the place. There was a very sloppy cutter. Like, I, I like that he's doing the cutter now, um, uh, John Moxley. But if it wasn't for Sammy, that would have looked completely like shit, just in all honesty, where it came out. But, um, yeah, man, Chris, would you allow a spot, if you're John Moxley, to get your fucking earring ripped out? You know, would you allow that? And also, if you did allow it, would you be pissed off it happened during the commercial break?
0: Well, 100% would be pissed off if that happened during the commercial break. I'm about to do this big spot and, like, we're going to go to commercial. Yes, I would be mad. Um, if I had to compare Moxley to anyone, uh, as far as, like, carrying kind of a show... Um, mm, Raven, ECW. That's what I that that would be my comparison.
1: See, I always get the uh, the Sandman comparison with uh, Moxley, because Sandman seemed like he was there to beat the fuck out of people, take names. I don't care if I win championships. You know, I'm gonna drink Budweiser, go through the audience, beat the shit out of this person. If it like, looks sloppy, it's sloppy. It's more of a brawl, and then I'm going to leave drinking beer.
0: I guess I was thinking that Raven can also do wrestling moves, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, too. That's definitely a good point. But, you know, you can tell Moxley's influences. They're a little bit of... There's a little bit of Piper. There's a little bit of Sandman. There's a little bit of Brian Pillman. There's a little bit of this and that. You know,
0: there's a little bit of Zand-
1: Terry Funk. Zandig. Macho man, <laughs> um, you know, it's like it's the, just a, I like that we just got Zandig on the show though. <laughs> <I'm not
0: talking
1: laughs> once he's been brought up on the show before him, I'm sure it's happened before him. But
0: oh, maybe, maybe the entire history of the show, maybe. But I don't, we've definitely not talked about Zandig recently. Probably when Joe Gidnello was there uh, around, wow. because Zandig didn't get that motherfucker off the building. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> that would be the only, other, the only other I would think that we talked about. Xander. <laughs> Such a stupid spot. All right, so... Rip Baker and Sky Blue. I actually had a really good match. And uh, Jim, Jim really? uh, Ross...
0: You like, you like this match?
1: Yeah, well, Jim Ross was putting it over. The beginning of it was good. It was a lot of technical stuff. It seemed like Sky Blue was doing a lot of the uh, Owen Hart cartwheel out of stuff. And, you know... Then i got a little bit whatever i stopped paying attention as much so maybe it did get shitty i don't remember and then afterwards we also had Akira come out and get in jamie hater's face and uh i don't care <laughs> oh all right cool it's not anything Are, to do with she she just lost so much lately why am i going to give a shit about that i don't know
0: we're just done with Akira as a character. She lost a lot. She lost the title. She hasn't won the title back.
1: She's not. It's not us as fans because we like her in the ring. It's your fault as bookers. Well, it, I don't want to put it all on Tony, but apparently it's all on Tony. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, like to be honest, like her Hiroshida versus Jamie Hayter That should be a great match. Yeah, should. Like that'd be a really that should be a really good match. that They've already had in start-up. you Guys, check out. Yeah,
1: the that they'll have on Rampage next week because Tony can't ever fucking. You know, I got shit for this from someone online that was – because I said, like, why wouldn't you have – who was it? It was – um, oh, it was the FTR match against uh, the champions, the claim. Why wouldn't you wait until winter's coming? Why wouldn't you build up this? Like, why wouldn't you have Ricky go against MJF, like, in a couple weeks and keep on going? Why would you – like, it just – they'll probably have a week on Rampage. Now we're going to have the, the, the gun boys – you know, that whole thing gets set up with them and fucking FTR and they're doing it this Wednesday. So it's like it's like these little mini feuds. Like why not expand it and keep on growing shit? But you know, we're very, very uh not reactionary. What's the word, Chris? It Tony seems like burn uh, turn, and turn, turn booking.
0: Yeah, Tony has realized that booking a wrestling company is very hard. And you have to do it very fast pace if you have uh pay per views. I think that's I think that's the biggest thing here is that he's like everyone want you know like would never meet your heroes kind of thing or like or what's the what's the Batman line uh, where it's like I live long enough to see your <laughs> before you become the bad guy basically you're always the hero of your own story uh, Tony Khan is gonna have to Vince McMahon this shit it's it, this is what that that's what's happening to him. He's like, I've overextended myself. I have a bazillion people on my roster. We have way more pay-per-views than we had to start with. And now, now you guys are just you, gonna see what you see. You know what I mean? Like, it, he did that. It sucks. Like he, but he did that. Like to himself. Like he is Vince McMahon now, kind of. <laughs> especially being the control monopoly of AEW, it books all the matches and does all of the writing
1: so chris i agree with you but like what do you think he could do to change that course is it he needs more help or is it he needs to come up with a better strategy
0: talk to arn anderson he's right there jerry lynn bring in delirious for the ring of honor show, please do not try to book that by yourself. If, if you're going to keep everything else going, don't also try to book a ring of honor show. Um, I think ring of, of honor has actually been spared a little bit by Tony's bad booking because them boys and FTR <laughs> are just going to have a good match record list. So it doesn't really matter. Also, they're not even on TV. they are just getting their own promos. Um, yeah, I mean, like he he needs help and like accept help, you know what I mean? Like like let it let it happen. You have a lot of good minds around you, especially like Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn. Like they they've done Judge
1: it. Jeff Jarrett,
0: Just, Jim Ross. I mean, Jim Ross is like I didn't even think about Jim Ross, but yeah, fucking perfect, right? Like he he did this for a long time. So, like, take a step back and let them figure out what the hell is going on with your company.
1: So we already talked about Wardlow and Samoa Joe. I'm glad we're getting something from that. Um, and you you said it. You kind of want Samoa Joe to give Wardlow his first singles loss, humble him a bit. I mean, he's already done with his streak because of the three-way that he didn't even lose. Because Samoa Joe got a win over Powerhouse Subs. So at this point, it's, it's Samoa Joe. So if you're going to fucking lose to someone, that's not someone bad to lose. I don't want to see Joe lose either of those titles for a while, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it's a good idea to just have, like, Ordlo has a beat, but he's so cocky with that fucking Powerbomb Symphony stuff that he just keeps doing it. And after, like, the third or fourth one, Joe slips out and chokes his ass out. Yep, and I think that's the perfect way to book that. I I can't think of a different way to book that. I, I mean, unless you're just gonna like, oh no, he's Goldberg, and you're just gonna have Wardlow win um, clean, which
1: I I just don't see happening because Samojo is way better than Wardlow. I like Wardlow, but in the scheme of things, yeah, man, fucked up. <sighs> I like Wardlow a lot, but then again, if I don't know. I feel like they're building for Joe versus Moxley. Like you, yep. like here's a here's a concept. I'm pretty sure Ming had to put over Goldberg. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. He did multiple times. And I think that Wardlow's not as popular as Goldberg, but is better. Not as popular overalls Either. <laughs> yeah. And Samojo is probably more of a like has had more titles than ming but ming was known for being that guy you don't want to fuck with till the still to this day i don't think anyone gets put over if harley race is saying i'm tough but that guy is way fucking tougher you know um haku ming whatever you want to call him that's all i'm trying to say so i could see still samojo losing to wardlow based on the track of where they're trying to put wardlow um is what i'm saying so we'll have to see I'll, I'll, I think he, that he'll eventually beat Samoa I don't think it needs to
0: be the first match. Like I said, I think yeah. over the overconfidence, like oh I got him now I'm powerbombing him and then like Joe just slips out and chokes his ass out Miller ring. He doesn't have to tap. He just has to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Like one of those where he's like he didn't tap, but yeah Joe definitely put his ass sleep. That yeah. that's what I would do if I was putting it, but who the hell knows. Also, Samoa would be my heavyweight champion in AEW right now. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about these TV titles. <laughs> I, would have, I would have Joe versus like Danielson like every week if I could.
1: Yeah, he would definitely be upper echelon to me as well. All right, last match on this: best friends. Uh, Dustin Rhodes and Orange Cassidy going against Butcher Blade, um, Trent Seven and Kip Sabian. So what I will say to this, <laughs> I like the whole part when they're going against each other and talking shit, and it's basically all the heels just really getting to rip on the baby faces and like all of a sudden, like you know, Mark Henry's about to do his thing, like Dustin's like, "Hello, do we not get to say anything?" And uh, then something like to the extent of like uh orange Cassidy says like something stupid and that was it <laughs> so that was their their intro beforehand I, maybe it was dan house and one of them said something dumb and dustin was like all right never mind whatever so we have dustin this is a, he's starting his last year so right beforehand this is a match he's a part of and of course he was great in this um love dustin rhodes but uh yeah this was trent seven I'm happy that he's doing something. It has been confirmed that he is on a uh, a basically per show appearance. So he's not 100% signed with AEW. I don't know how that would work for him anyway, since I know he lives over in the UK. I know that Pac and Kip Sabian, it's got to be hard, man, because you're part of this organization. You go home to live, and then you have to keep on flying over here if you want to be a part of the shows. Uh, So I don't know if Trent will
0: buy him, though, because like Pete Dunne and everyone in Vince, or not Vince's, Triple H's ear and HBK's ear and be like, you let's let's pay this guy. He's really good.
1: Trent should honestly, and not only that, like Mustache Mountain's one of the best tag teams in the last 10 years. Him and him and fucking um, Tyler Bate had bangers, especially in NXT UK. They were incredible together.
0: That that tag team versus the Usos. Uh, the, the reason he's not signed with AEW is he knows there's more money on the forefront coming his way.
1: Hey, if he's well, got to build himself, he's got to build himself. And he was the one who started that promo and was probably the best one when Mark Henry was doing that thing back and forth. So Trent's standing out. But he's yeah. also, I, I think, Kip Sabian's new bodyguard, basically, at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem is like yeah, maybe you hired the wrong guy aw because <laughs> no one gives zero fuck
1: everyone gives zero fucks about kip sapien Aren't and he's they? awesome like and, dude uh, that fucking he's a good when, he was on the, when he's on the apron he did the back the uh what the hell it wasn't a moonsault it was something like i think he wanted to do a moonsault and then flip front kind of like what a.r fox would do it's awesome it's great he's a good wrestler but i just don't give a fuck about him at all Kip Sabian should a hundred percent just be a Ring of Honor guy.
0: And they should keep him off TV and then have him come back. Because he was you know, a not help? forehand. The Penelope yeah. is awesome.
1: <laughs> no, he looks like BJ Novak from the office. Um uh, what uh, the fuck's the younger dude on the on the office that's like that dates uh Kelly Kapoor. The uh, one that old Scott has a crush on, basically. <laughs> yes. He looks like that type of like douchebag and I can't take him seriously as a wrestler now. But uh this was a fun match. Best best part. <laughs> so so uh Dustin Rhodes goes to put um who the hell was it? I think it was Kip Sabian in the uh Shattered Dreams position. Well the ref is like I think it was Bryce he's like hey man you can't do that blah 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 blah. Orange Cassidy gets past him real quick and starts doing his his slow kicks to his balls in the corner. And then the referee sees him doing that and is like, hey, man, you can't do that either. And while that's happening, Dustin just runs up and kicks him in the nuts before the ref can do shit. (laughs) Uh, Just a great, great, fun fucking spot. But uh, yeah, so the uh, the winners were best friends, uh, Dustin Rhodes and Orange Cassidy. But
0: just it was a fun match. Yeah. Can you imagine backstage Orange and Gold Duster working out this
1: match together? (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) All right, anyways. <laughs> oh, no, no. And there was another funny comedic spot that even Jim Ross was laughing at because, um, you know, he can be a stickler and I don't blame him because some of it is fucking ridiculous. So they did like an Eddie Guerrero spot where Penelope Ford was distracting the referee. No, no it was Allie who was distracting the referee uh, and Penelope Ford comes in the ring and Orange Cassidy just drops to the ground, pretends he gets hit in the nuts and he's like writhing in pain, like making noises. And the ref's like, what the fuck? So then Danhausen gets in the ring too, and he pretends that fucking Ali did it to him, but he's not a part of the match at all. So it doesn't really make sense of why he's doing this. So him and Orange Cassidy are like, oh my nuts. And so the women get thrown out because of that, and so does Danhausen. So just uh stupid hijinks. Um uh, not to be that guy, but wouldn't it be amazing if
0: like Danhausen was the commissioner of AEW If they made him the commissioner If he somehow, because he's Dan Housen, He's very evil, very nice Became the commissioner and started booking matches Like he was their authority figure <laughs> Like, I feel like they need that They need something goofy uh, I, I'm still in my mind thinking about Like Dustin Rhodes And Orange Casty Coming up with this nut spot <laughs> Like, how long do you think they spent on it, Dane? Do you think it was just like o- obvious we need to do that, or do you think it was like a thirty-minute conversation <laughs> with redneck Dustin from Texas talking to Orange Cassidy?
1: I don't know how they came up with that, but Dustin's so much more down to do stuff than he's like Jericho. He doesn't give a fuck anymore. I mean, he did his normal uh, what what do they call it? The the uh, the uh, Dallas um. The Dallas Destroyer, because he did his uh, Canadian Destroyer uh, to someone. But, yeah, man, it was, it was interesting. Orange Cassidy's fucking entertaining as hell. That's what it really comes down to. And there was also big uh, – people got excited seeing the two Trents in wrestling in the ring together. And, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, it's always been like Trent Seven, and it's always been Trent Beretta. And they had – I mean, they're two of the best workers for their size, you know, going in there so it was fun it was one of one of
0: those things is not like the other as <laughs> the Foo fighters
1: would say because fucking Trent is way better <laughs> i like trent, trent but trent seven's good at his style the british style but he's definitely not a bad new wrestler trent's just very agile for his size he's uh pretty trent incredibly Barretta, agile he he's
0: the new frankie kazarian basically <laughs> i'm gonna have really great matches but no one will ever put me over Sorry, Frankie, but that that that's he is essentially that role. Like, think about think about uh Frankie Kazarian's career in the same way you would think about uh uh Trent Beretta's career. They're kind of they're kind of linear, right? Like we'll put you with another guy and you guys will win the tag belts and, and no one will care. With uh with Frankie, it was is Christopher Daniels. I I could see them do that with. With uh, Trent Beretta, I just don't understand it because Trent Beretta is like great, good look. I, I, he worked for WWE at one point. Like, how the fuck did they fuck up Trent Beretta? He's so good.
1: I don't know, man. And where he's at now, I wish that he was just by himself, honestly. Um, because I, I feel like singles wise, he has potential to be even a world champion. Honestly, like I don't really know what the hell the difference is. And this is a compliment to Trent, not a slide at Adam Page. But like, when it comes to like a wrestler, you know, and and everything in ring and just having a great overall package of a character, Trent seems like he should be having fucking big matches with people, um, like an Adam Page, basically.
0: I mean, he has. He, I mean, he's had all those big matches with Adam Page, and that that that's the thing is like he's part of G One. Like he's a he's a good fucking wrestler. <laughs> Yep. basically and there's more to that story than is being led on so him and dustin like having any kind of interaction kind of it's like it's one of those things where it's it's funny if you're a diehard wrestling fan because you're like yeah they're just never gonna book you guys right <laughs> like <laughs> it's never gonna Pretty have much guys. Uh, the natural himself um that being said, Dusty Rhodes is coming over to my house uh, next weekend teach me uh, moves, reduce spots in the yard.
1: Duff the is going to be at your house. Zombie Duff the Row. he don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, but uh, seriously, that is the show, guys. Uh, we got a big show coming for you next week. Sorry, we're we really going to do the whole entire roster thing for AEW. That's going to take like another fucking hour. So next week we will do that. If we have any big things, we're going to really select what to talk about. But next week will be the awards and us going over the AEW roster and telling you who we keep and cut from it uh, and discuss that. And then, like I said, we'll go over our awards for best wrestler, uh, best tag team, um, five moments. We'll, we'll figure out the whole parameters of it like we do, and we'll present them to you guys. Maybe you'll have similar opinions. Maybe you won't. I'm not 100% sure. But we'll have fun discussing it and talking to you, Chris. Say good goodbye to all the lovely people out there. Goodbye, all the lovely
0: people out there. Uh, hit me at, at @ChrisRPatton on Twitter, Christopher.R.Patton on Facebook and Instagram, and also like, uh, let's like tell me how Jay Briscoe is not the greatest wrestler of all time and is going to win my award this year. He's going to win. He's going to win my. No, I'm,
1: I'm kidding. Maybe. Oh. Actually, you just brought up a good concept. We'll have to one more thing. <laughs> one of the best things from Caprice Coleman going into the match with the Briscoes and FTR. He said, "This is a thing. This is kind of like you got Briscoes who are like Terry Funk, you got FTR who's like Bret Hart in a match with technical sound, you know, proficiency being into it. Some whatever the fuck he said. You would think that Bret would win, but if it's a fucking brawl." The Briscoes are probably going to win. I love that. I fucking loved all of that. Loved it. Such a good Caprice. Comment. Jesus Christ, man. Knows yep. how to talk about shit. The Ring, of Honor, the Ring of Honor commentators are by far
0: the best. If you're just like looking at it from pure wrestling standpoint, um, they're not doing a live show, so it's hard to shit on Excalibur because doing play-by-play live
1: is kind of different. But Jesus Christ, are they good. Absolutely. But anyways, thank you guys for listening. Like, uh, you know, I always say, if you're a new listener, check us out every week. We record this on Saturdays, have it out in the next couple of days after that. You can find us on all downloadable platforms from Spotify to iTunes, Stitcher to SoundCloud, everything. Just search on Google Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Find your platform and listen to us every single week. Like us, rate us, do everything. Give us a good rating. We appreciate it. And uh, you guys have a great day, great night. Whenever you listen to this, let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace out. Reach for
0: the sky, boy!